They shoot the shit. They shoot, they shoot the shit. Shoot, 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 shit, shit, shit. Shooting the shit with Chippa. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Shooting the Shit with Chippa. We have a very special episode for you today, but before I start on introducing my guest, I'd like to do a little bit of housekeeping, as always. My $15 or more a month patrons, that's Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, UK Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin CV, Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, and Mark Price. Thank you guys very much. And if you'd like to join that illustrious group, just donate 15 bucks or more to me a month and I'll say your name on the internet. Um, I'd also like to thank my newest patrons, Jeremy and Seth Decker. Um, this week's episode was brought to you by the Geeks with Shields podcast. Each week, hosts Axel and Ulrich provide a nerdy escape from the darkest timeline. Talking everything from comics to long-forgotten movies and TV shows. If the darkest timeline has you down, check out the Geeks with Shields podcast for all your nerdy needs. And now that brings me to my guest for today's show. I will let her introduce herself to you. Why do I have to? You want me to? Yes, I'm a guest on your show. Oh, This is not creating geeks. But my guests usually get to introduce themselves. Well, I asked you what the format was. That's the format. Hi, it's Sarah. I'm coming over here to shooting the shit with Chippa from Creating Geeks, because why not? Yes, exactly. You know, because I don't shoot the shit with my husband all day, every day. Might as well record ourselves doing it. Exactly. And um, so, Sarah, what did you want to come on the show today for? Um, well, because we thought we would do a shooting the shit um, about raising a special needs child and what, you know, that's like for us, you know what we deal with day to day and I felt like that was a more serious shooting the shit kind of thing than a creating geeks thing um uh I don't know I guess that's it cool so where do you want to start well first I just have to say that it's very awkward to refer to you as Chippa because I don't I call him Chris or Christopher when he's in trouble just I don't know no I don't mind the nickname there's nothing wrong with it it's just I've never called him that And there's actually a funny story about how when we were first back together, which I think if you listen to Creating Geeks or... No, it was my first episode of the Talkbuster. We talked about our relationship. He was working at Blockbuster, and I called to ask him something or to talk to him. And I said, hey, can I talk to Chris? And they were like, there's no Chris here, and they hung up on me. And I was like, what the actual fuck? So I, like, freaked out. I'm like, did he get, like, fired? Did he die? Did he quit? So I called his cell phone, and I felt awful doing it. And I'm like, did you, like, quit or something? And he's like, no, why? And I was like, because I just called and asked you, and they said you don't work there. And in the background, when I was playing, it goes, dude, shit, your name's Chris, isn't it? It was awesome. And they they forgot his name was Chris because they called him Chippa. That's pretty good. And there was your five-minute talk buster shooting the shit crossover, folks. And creating geeks crossover. Uh, yes, and creating geeks. Look at that. A triple crisscrossover. If we had, like, Bob randomly hanging out in the background, this would be the ultimate in just nepotism. You and your damn podcast. Podcast nepotism, I guess. You should, when you do your housekeeping, all your podcasts should be brought to, brought to them by your other podcasts. Oh, no shit. Today's <laughs> podcast is brought to you by the Talkbuster Podcast. Chris, this is the Talkbuster Podcast. I mean shooting this shit. <laughs> See, I think it'd be funny. All it right, so where, sh- where should we start with our, our serious podcast? Serious podcast. Mm. Serious well, podcast is serious. I mean, considering that um, 
you know, mental health, special needs, and everything else in the world is becoming more and more and more um, common knowledge, and people are more open to it. And hell, I've had a lot of guests on my shows that are, you know, autistic adults that have grown up in the um, society that we grew up in, and even our parents' generation grew up in that didn't talk about those things. Um, you know, I think this is a good format and I think podcasts in general are a good yes. format for people that have been through that to get their words out there. But being, you know, mid to late thirties adults who are just now learning over the last few years that our daughter is on the autism spectrum. Um, you know, we've had an interesting kind of eye opening experience, um, as parents, particularly with kind of people that are our age and older that grew up with it and kind of the misconceptions and things that have come with the type of treatment and special needs education, everything that is available to young children and adults that um, are going through that and kind of how things have changed even in the last few years, let alone the last 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And so I guess um, neurotypical quote unquote parents with a non-neurotypical kid um of the antichrist and yeah i mean basically it, it, it's can i just jump in real quick i'm gonna yeah. do an asterisk here that you're probably gonna smack me over the head with before but just i ask whatever you're watching or listening to this on rather please no negative comments or clap back we refer to things how we refer to them we use the therapies we use we don't need any backlash please but it's the internet. Yeah, well, fuck the internet. The, the internet is nothing but They're negative feedback and backlash. So you're going to call them fucking clown shoes. <laughs> I might as well put like a hashtag release I the Snyder Cut on this. I, I, I know. Um, but, but no, so, so you know, this is not, um, we are not trained in this. We are not doctors. We don't have degrees. We just wanted to share the story of where we come from as parents dealing with it. And as Sarah stated, you know, acceptance from this community as a parent of an autistic child, um, but being neurotypical parents ourselves, decisions that you make that are anything other than just leave them alone and let them be, um, you know, are looked at pretty negatively. Um, and we'd like to share some of our experiences and just kind of let the world know where we come from on it. And if, um, if, you know, offer support, you know, for other parents and, you know, maybe people who have family members with children, you know. And this is helpful to me and to Sarah, you know, who you've done, um, you've done hospice work, you know, with, um, what, what was the bereavement counseling yeah. groups and things. I teach daddy boot camp. Um, I always bring up, you know, obviously I don't want to scare dads into, all of the things that can happen once their kid is born, getting a kid into the world is hard enough. But just a reminder that, you know, the world and the community and doctors are a lot more um, diagnosis centric because diagnosis is get you help and access to free things and help that, you know, a, a diagnosis like autism or like um, many, many other things that are behavioral or mental um I don't want to use the word deficiencies, but um, differences from other people. There's so many more services available and getting you that diagnosis gets you access to those services and they want to make sure they're able to do that as early as possible. 
um, the, the scariest thing that I know Sarah and I see when you get into, you know, parent groups, instead of it being like a place of positivity and help, it's a, you know, the day my kid was diagnosed is the day that I lost them or the, the day that they were dead. And it, it, it's like they these grieve. things are terrifying. And I'm like, first of all, even if they were neurotypical, you have no idea what they would have grown up to do. There's no guarantee they would have gotten married, had kids, go to college. Who the hell knows? You know, and they're not dead. There's nothing to grieve. And most autistic adults would say hearing as a child would be devastating. I didn't grieve my kid. I cried for 30 minutes. Because it's new and different. Because I, I worried about the future. I cried because I was happy that I was right. That there was something more happening and she wasn't just, that we had an answer, I should say. That's what I was happy about. I cried tears of relief. I didn't cry because my daughter's autistic. I didn't cry because she was like, I don't know what the future's going to be, so why should I automatically assume she's not going to get married, go to college, have kids, whatever? You know, I'm not going to sell her short because she has a diagnosis. Hell no. You know, I think she's going to grow up to do great things, you know. I hope I get to have grandchildren from my daughter, but... So be it if I don't. There's right. always my son. Right. The, <laughs> the, the the other thing that um and again, you know, this is this is a hot button topic, so as as Sarah says, we we hope that people take this as a couple of parents trying to share their story, but you know, there's this clap back you get everywhere. Um, you know, it it really it it scares me to see things like, you know, people saying things like ABA which is something that we'll get into, but it's it's definitely something that started off as a less good treatment than it is now because people were learning. People are dumb. Medicine is not a foolproof science. Medicine is learned. Unfortunately, you know, um, we are able to get open heart surgery and things today because they learned on, you know, people back in the day without anesthesia and under more nefarious means. It sucks. But medicine gets better by doing, by learning, not just by assuming that we're not going to be able to do it until we get it right. And it, you know, yeah, you hear horror stories, but you hear horror stories with any type of schooling. Complete, completely neurotypical kids in you a hear regular... horror stories about driving because yeah, you're not going to drive. In a regular schooling scenario, get horrible things done to them by teachers. Our experience so far... With ABA, and we'll get into what our experience with it has been, because that's Should all we? we can speak of. Well, I was just going to say, I see people on the internet all the time, particularly um, autistic adults, who say that that they equate that to parents putting gay and lesbian and transgender like and whoever training. children through through conversion therapy. Like they call it dog training. I'm like, Bleh. and it it scares me because it it makes it seem like I'm. I want my child to be something other than what my child is. And all we've, and again, do we question it? Of course we do. Do we wonder, you know, when we hear, you know, them say, so we ask and we get it explained to us. And, you know, we're the, our children are never left alone with these people. I know that parents don't always have this. Um, they, they don't always have that luxury, but you always have that. You don't also have the luxury of being your kid's teacher. Do you know what I mean? So they're going to be left alone with somebody. You have to trust sometimes your intuition and everything else. But all we see is this unlocks 
our daughter's ability to learn. And I'm not going to say to learn like a normal kid, because in my opinion, there is no normal. In my opinion, it's called the spectrum because we're all on it. And it's just where you freaking lie that decides how you learn and how you don't learn. And all of these treatments, I'm going to say, quote unquote, because there's no medicine involved. Mm-hmm. It's behavior based. Well, it's therapy. It's therapy. It, I mean, would you say, I, I fell and hurt my leg so I can't walk. Am I just supposed to live the rest of my life not being able to walk because I'm afraid that the therapy is going to be able to make me walk again? You've hurt yourself. You couldn't walk. Hello. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and my my child, our daughter, Ava, her name's Ava, at what, two years old? Or is it younger? Two is when she was diagnosed. Two is when she was diagnosed. I was going to say we should start back to her. Yeah, I just time. wanted to say couldn't speak barely yeah and now she holds complete sentences she's in school in a mixed class with neurotypical and autistic and other you know that we don't even know about kids and when they play and you watch them you couldn't tell the difference between them and i don't mean that they're all normal or they're all trained to act the same way it's just they all just seem like children and that's amazing to me because we we were afraid we weren't going to be able to see that and so yeah to start at the beginning go ahead sarah i'm talking a lot well that's nothing new (laughs) shock you're gonna talk even when you're dead it is my show telling you you're gonna be late for your own funeral and you're gonna talk when you're dead (sighs) still gonna hear you up here (laughs) anyways anyway so back to the podcast this this is what we do it's it's love this is marriage folks also our son is asleep in between us right now what we're doing butt in the air butt butt he cute in his spider-man pajamas just a little web crawler on his shirt. Go ahead. We have to give him a little love, too. Okay. So, it started back when she was around 18 months. Um, at her 18-month well-baby visit, they asked how many words she had. And we were like, well, not many. And the doctor said, okay, well, we're going to call early intervention because she should have more than what she had. I forget the numbers. I'm old, forgetful, two kids, whatever. And up until that point, I had kind of felt like she didn't talk as much as other kids, but... I really didn't have, I didn't know what the standards were. I figured I'll worry when the doctors worry. You know, and I kind of always thought maybe she presented a little younger than she was, but I was like, eh, she's a baby. What do I know? So early intervention came and they found that she had a speech deficit and that was pretty much the big one. And that's what we're working on. But with early intervention, they'll actually let you list a bunch of stuff you want to work on. So we had, you know, we're working on like using silverware and some other stuff. But speech was the big one. And then after a couple of months, we started in May of 20... Don't block your face. May of... I was burping. Oh. May of 2017? Yeah, because that's when I also the year I got pregnant with Jake. And she just wasn't making much progress. So, you know, I said to our EI girl, who I absolutely loved, and was like my, my right hand, my best friend that whole time, and I miss her dearly. Um, shout out to Ruby. Ruby. Whoever hear this, we love you and we miss you. Um, that I said, she's still this, not this, something not right. I mean, I, I hate to word it wrong, but there's something going on. She's not progressing. She's not speaking. She's not really, she's only picked up one sign. You know, she had more and we think maybe all done. She did once. Yeah. And why do you like the phone? Mm. Um, and then, you know, I said, she's, she's presenting as younger than she is for almost two 
So she brought in one of their, like, what did I say it was? Behavioral specialists? Yeah. Something like that. <coughs> she came in and she observed and, you know, she didn't really, she couldn't give a diagnosis, but she could see what I was saying. And they said, why don't you fill out the paperwork? We'll get it for you for the Developmental Medicine Center at Children's Hospital in Boston. And they will do an eval. You know, they'll see, you know, they didn't come out and say they'll do an autism diagnosis but they said they you know they look for a varying diagnosis so autism add adhd i mean obviously she's too young for some of those um sensory processing disorder which isn't uh, an actual full um dsm recognized diagnosis but it kind of goes with the autism spectrum thing um and just you know see if they can figure out how to help us, you know, even if it's just telling us ways she might learn, you know, whatever. So I'm like, all right, you know, and even just talking with Ruby the whole time, we were like back and forth. Could she, could she not be on the spectrum? I always, for some reason, even when she was really, really little, just had that mother's intuition that she was, but everyone, you know, I was always like, no, I'm just stupid. I'm just worrying about something stupid. I'm focusing on something stupid. You know, she's fine. So then, you know, I all up until they gave us the appointment, did I sit there and flip flop on whether or not, I thought we even needed it, so maybe she'll catch up talking by then and we won't even need it. And I almost did cancel it, and I'm glad I didn't, because if I had, we probably would have been in a whole different scenario. It would have hurt her for us not to have. So we went, and they did the eval, and, you know, for all you, those of you who haven't done it, it was, was it like two hours, three yeah. hours? Um, there was three doctors involved? There was the one that was, was there one behind the mirror? The one behind the mirror was the, the head. Was he... What, a pediatrician? Yeah. He was a developmental yeah. pediatrician. He was behind two-way mirror. And then there was the lady that Dr. Morris played with her. And she was like a this, like a pediatric neurologist or neuropsychologist. Yep. Or something. We actually need to make an appointment with her. Um, we were still seeing her even after all of that. But we'll get into that. And then there was another lady who I'm not sure who she was exactly. But she was asking us questions. And it's the same questions we've had to answer over and over again for various applications. Just about, you know, th you know, different points in Ava's, you know, development, my pregnancy, you know, when I gave birth, you know, family history, yada, yada, you know. So we were talking to this woman, well, the the, the neuropsychologist or whoever she was, I forget their titles, um, played with Ava and did all these tests with her. They gave her a physical to see, you know, different things. Um, and then they had us come back in a week. And that's when they told us that she had a communication delay. And her, what she could say was more delayed than what she understood. Is that right? Or was it the other way around? Yes. No, it was she She could say less than she could understand. And they said that's typically the reverse of what, you know, a normal kid, you know, a normal, like a kid that's neurotypical, but as a delay would be. But hers, the way she was aligned with having an autism diagnosis. Um, and then they, she, they said she also has a coordination delay, like her gro a gross motor delay, basically. And it's nothing super serious. It's just she, you know, learned how to jump late and... And stand on one foot. Stand on one foot. Which she does adorably now. Yeah, she's working. So, you know, we attempted to get PT through EI, but that was a whole big mess. Um, no, no, you know, nothing bad happened. Just they couldn't... They only had one PT and she was also like... A man like management level too, so it's just hard. But then, well, that's that's the other thing to note is that we we are very lucky to live near Boston, yeah. where there's a lot of these services in existence. So, don't think for a minute if you're listening to this in a part of the world or a part of the country that doesn't have access to as good of services that we're pretending that 
everyone should just have these access and it's just your fault for not finding them. It is a broken system and it needs to be fixed. And these people don't get paid enough. They're basically volunteering their time. You know what I mean? These 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 young women and men that, that do these services. I mean, they're, they're coming into people's homes um, or being in a facility that you send your kids to or being part of their schooling. Like, this is... Yeah. This is a big these these people are saints as far as I'm concerned. Oh yeah, and, they do really good work. So that was on a Tuesday. That Saturday we found out I was pregnant with Jake. Yay, little boy. Um and then they said, Alright, you know, we recommend ABA and they throw out some giant number for hours they think she needs, which, you know, scares the hell out of you. 'Cause they're like, Oh, she needs like forty hours or twenty something like that and we're like, Wait, what? It was like twenty eight, yeah. Something it was ridiculous. A lot. And I think they just throw out a number for the hell of it because no one. It was not like a lot of, six or seven hours a day, four days a week, or something like that. And so you know we, you know, the holidays came because it was you know November at this point. So you know we started filling out the, the paperwork for the ABA, and they come out and they do a, um, they do an eval of Ava. So it was, it was kind of the same thing. They ask us some of the questions, same questions. They watch her to see where she's at and see what deficit she has and then they came out again and went over what they found what they suggest for goals do we agree do we have goals we want you know this is what they recommend for hours do we want more do we want less i was shocked at how much of it was put on what we want because i was like they're like you know well, how many hours do you think you want and i was like wait what you're the professional you tell me the hell <clears throat> well they they seemed very um, which is what you a want. Minimal amount of impact on your life as possible. These they offer, especially when the services become less specific, task oriented. Like, of course, there's things at the beginning that they they want to make sure they're able to do, like stacking blocks and yeah. recognizing colors and numbers and pictures and communicating. But you know, they've offered to go to the zoo, go food shopping. Yeah, you know, we'll like yeah, it's just it's amazing to me. And um. You know, so that's what you want when you're looking for, you know, if you're going to go the ABA route. And I suggested everyone try it. I, you know, what bugs me, the people that sit there and knock it down and say, oh, it's not for me. And they've never even tried it. And then, you know, they're the same ones that like two days later, are like, oh, my God, my kid's out of control. I'm having so much trouble with them. And I'm like, well, you got a therapy. You didn't try. Well, also talk, talk for a minute before we go further in of why people have these preconceived notions about ABA. Well, like you said earlier, back when it first came about, like 20, 30 years ago, it was very uh, rough, abusive. I don't know too much about it. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole and scare the hell out of myself. Well, from what it sounded like, it involved a lot more of like strapping down and what reward-based, but risk-reward, not in the pleasant sense, but in the like, you won't get hurt like almost yeah. like a smack on the hand for doing the wrong thing kind of stuff yeah. that it's not about anymore. And at least our ver the yeah. version we had. And obviously as they learned cuz obviously back then 20 30 years ago they were still putting people in mental hospitals, mental hospitals yeah. that were you know they were putting women in mental although, hospitals for being single after the age of 30. You know what I mean? So that's you know and as we learned more about autism and you know, it became less of a taboo thing, they changed it to be different. It's more like the when we did the under three ABA for Ava, it was called the early start Denver model. And it they basically sit on the floor and play with her. Like I would sit there and be like, the fuck are they even working on? They're just playing with her. And again, we <laughs> had the M home version. 
I would imagine if you send your child to a facility, it's very similar. The parents aren't usually in the room. But the parents aren't usually in the room. Yeah. They're usually in a waiting room. Sometimes they'll call them back. Sometimes they'll include a sibling. But I liked it. I was home. I wanted it at home so I could see. I could be there. And, you know, they, they played with her. They'd come in. They'd play for two hours with her. They'd let her pick what they played. You know, sometimes they would pick. Um, and and for example, and what they were working on is getting her to. I know eye contact's a big taboo thing, but they didn't force the eye contact. They just wanted her to look at them, not in her eyes. They just wanted her to. They she could have looked at any part of their body as long as they could tell they were looking at her. From what I could see. Yeah, and they want more wanted to see the reaction of she's looking that way, and then when I say something, she looks to me. Yeah, not right in the eyes. I, I wanted to say um. The other really great thing about being able to be there and interact with them is that um, for people that are unaware of things that are coping mechanisms and things for artistic people, they call them stims. And they, you know, depending on it, they basically have an approach that if it's not bothering the child and it's not bothering the parent, like it's not one that could hurt them or get them in trouble or, you know, just create like... Some, you know, are like arm waving that yeah, could hurt somebody. they're not somebody. hurting anybody or themselves and they're that not they, hindering their, like, learning. That they don't anything. diminish them because stims are coping mechanisms. But, you know, for example, Ava used to pick her shirt up and play with her belly button. And they, you know, for a while, like, put your shirt down, Ava. And even we were doing it. And then we realized that it was less on the side of it being a stim and om- or p- maybe, but it was also the only thing she used as a coping mechanism. When she got scared or overwhelmed, that's what she did. So we were like, you know what? We'd like to avoid focusing on making her stop because we think drawing attention to it is causing her to do it more. And so they listened and took it out of what they said to do. And it slowly yeah. worked itself away as she didn't need it anymore. And that Well, they're concerned with it, not because they were trying to stop her from having a COVID mechanism, because she was making herself red rod. Right, it. that's also true. That's the, where, the, you know, they're hurting herself, so that's what they were trying to avoid. I just felt they were. it, it was great to be able to say to them, because a lot of the scary stories that people tell is they went to the person and said, you know, I don't want you to take the toy out of my kid's hand if they don't listen or whatever thing it was. And they said that the ABA people would outright argue with them about it. And we haven't experienced any of that. You know, anytime I've spoken <clears throat> about anything which has been very rare, you know, they, they take it into account. Or do a very great job of explaining why. Yeah. It's just, we had a very good experience with the under three. I, I love the therapists we had. We became very close friends with them. You know, I could see just how much they loved and cared for Ava. Ava would be so excited when they'd come. She'd go run into the door with me, and she'd be so excited, and she'd do her little happy, flappy stim dance. And We love her happy, flappy that's what we dance. we her little happy, so cute. And, you know, she, I knew, you know, she'd hug them, and she'd learn their names, and, you know, she'd ask for them when they weren't here. So I knew she was happy. She's a kid that if she's not happy, she's going to let you know in oh, some way. Oh, yes. You know, so I'm not at all worried, and even though I feel naive saying that, that if it was bothering her, I think I'd know. I would like to think that she, she would be able to tell me in some way it ain't happening. You know, like she loved every every part of it. So we were sad when the under three ended and we had to move up to the over three. And I started doing that paperwork shortly after the over three. Under <coughs> three started because of all the wait lists that, that, you know, all these companies have. And, you know, luck would have it that by the time her under three ended, I was able to get the, the you know, the 
the notification that the above three, we found one, it's the same company, it's just they're above three. We used building blocks and now we have building bridges, as I say, that's what it was. Yeah. So it worked out that I, you know, we got to keep Northeast Arc for everything so far. And, you know, these therapists are really nice. Her new BCBA is amazing. Ava is like in love with her. Like if she ever left us, I think Ava would, this would be the first provider Ava would be devastated to lose. Yeah, absolutely. Let, let, let me do my really quick, um, because of that switch over, um, little soapboxing thing about health insurance because, because I'd like to, yes. um, so again, health insurance is a big issue in our country. Health insurance is one of the big voting things going on. I really hope we get a president in that does something about it. Health insurance is terrible. But I also happen to work for a very good company that pays a large portion of our health insurance. Well, our company switched from a local health insurance company, local to Boston. They're called Tufts. And they covered... ABA up to three years old, and then over three, it became something that went against our deductible. So having the people in the house was obviously expensive, but it eventually hit our deductible, and you know we were done paying it for the rest of the year, so we were able to segregate money. Well, my company switched health insurance to a nationwide health insurance company, and from what I've heard, one of the better of the nationwide health insurance companies. One of the shittier ones overall. Right. So the problem <laughs> with having a nationwide health insurance company is they're not attuned to the local issues that you have to deal with. So being near Boston and having things move kind of quickly and fast and doctors and stuff kind of charging you quickly, having an insurance company that isn't as quick to move and isn't as easy to communicate with was a lot harder. And also, they don't cover ABA at all, which way, whatever. So having having ABA in the home um, was $2,500 to $3,000 a month for the services that Ava got. And they were so important and working so well that we wanted to keep them. So for anyone living in Massachusetts or in a different state that has something equivalent, um, a lot of states offer like the bare bones, you know, this is the health insurance you take if you can't get any of the bigger ones or your company doesn't offer it. And we found that even though we're, we're doing quite well and I have a good job and we already have major health insurance, if this is something, whether it's ABA or whether it's something else you need for physical therapy or anything else, always look into what your state has. Massachusetts has a thing called Mass Health. I always thought, you know, hey, as someone that's doing quite well and has insurance, it doesn't apply to me. I'm not able to get it. Well, we applied. We were able to get it. And for another couple hundred dollars a month on top of the premium we were already paying, which is still a hell of a lot of money, all of Ava's services are covered. No copay, nothing out of pocket, all just, you know, from that insurance I pay every month. So that's good news that they have things out there like it. Are they easy to get into? No, I would recommend that if your state has a place you can go, go sit and talk to the people. We spent, and we're both not, we're, we're not dummies, and we've done a lot of paperwork. Speak for yourself. I'm not a dummy. Hey! <laughs> no, we've done a lot I of... I admit I'm a dummy. No, you're not. We've done a lot of medical paper paperwork and stuff, and their websites and things, because they're an underfunded, understaffed place, right? I mean, that's that's the health insurance problem. Once we got in... Oh my God, they've been wonderful. Everything's paid for. 
You've never had to bother anybody. And now Ava's services are covered. Instead of three grand a month, it's a couple hundred dollars and a I month. I think they'll, they'll do something with the specialist copays, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I think they so do. We see Dr. Yep. So also... So I just... I'm off my soapbox now. I just wanted to remind everybody that, you know, health insurance is awful, but ask questions. Try to figure it out. All right. So I'm going to take a step backwards in our story. After her diagnosis, they also recommended genetic testing. Oh, yeah. This is interesting. Um, just to see if... You know, because with autism, there's a lot of comorbids that come with it. Or, I forget how they explained it, but there could be other things that the autism <coughs> is a factor from that it would be it would be helpful to know. So, if we had to treat other stuff. So, we did the first level of it, and they didn't find anything. The first level is when they found why she was short. Right? That's right. Yeah, Ava's also really tiny like me. Sarah's four foot nine. And they found with that first level that she has a chromosome deletion that affects a section that affects, you know, height. Um, they're assuming, and I think we'll know when we see them in a couple weeks, if I have it too, which I'd be shocked if I didn't. Um, also, quickly, just to not scare you about genetic testing in this regard, it's only, it, genetic testing looks at everything, and they're always building the database. So once your genetic testing is tested, they have it. And if they learn anything new, they can get you more information. Kind of like Ancestry.com and all that's always updating. But if it's anything that's life-threatening that they can't treat, it's only done for things that can be treated. So they're not going to tell you like that scary thing that's a maybe that you might have that they just have no way of taking care of. It's, so it's, it's not to, like, something to be scared that. of. And they won't even tell the doctor. Yeah. Like, so it doesn't even... It'd be like if you were spell-checking a document, you got it set to skip any foreign words you use. Like, if you stuck in, like, Casa. Which we found was fascinating. So that was the... But that's the second level he's talking about. So that came back, and they said, but that has nothing to do with her autism. That just explains the height. You know, there's nothing we need to address there. You know, you can opt to do growth hormones when she's a little older if you want, and we'll cross that bridge. We're probably going to have to cross it with Jay, because he's a friggin' peanut, too. Yeah, and again, that's also one of the things they tell you flat out. Is. Very loud car just drove by. This is one of those Sorry. things they tell you that, you know, isn't a necessity. And the doctors even look and they go, we actually, you know, don't push it. It's just something they offer, you know, out of the guise of, do you want your kid to not have, you know, some detriment in their life? But to me, you know, I think it's gross. They describe, you know, well, dads want their sons to be able to be big enough to play football. So if their kid's going to be five foot four, they give them growth hormone. And I'm like, you know what? If there's nothing about their health, is even our doctor I'm not said, worried. you know, when I was talking to our, because my, you know, primary care doctor is also Ava and Jake's. We have the same. She's a family doctor, so she would. She said to me, "Have, have you had any issues being short? Were you ever made fun of?" And I was like, "No, I just couldn't buy pants off the rack." I said, "I would just hope for that for that sake she could buy pants off the rack because I can't hem jeans for shit." I said, "But you know, I'm not overly concerned. Him, I'd be a little more, you know, like you just said, and I know that's bad, but." I don't I'd feel bad if he was a teeny tiny little dude I don't want to make fun of. Well, your dad's short. I know. but So anyway, so then they said, well, why don't we do, we could do the big, what was it, the macro array? Macro one? Yeah, macro array. Macro array, which, which is basically like the giant, like, spell check for your genes kind of thing. So it looks like, like Chris, it looks at everything that isn't scary. So like, but it will tell you if there's any cancer genes. Right, but things that can be treated. Treated or addressed. You know, something like Alzheimer's, it's not going to tell you because if you have Alzheimer's, you're fucked. <laughs> there's not a whole lot. Well, no, or if you're destined to get it or anything, they yeah. don't want to tell you Stuff that. Stuff like that. 
And you can opt for them not, to, you know, they can say, do you want to know if there's a cancer gene? And with the second level, they actually took, D, you know, spit for me and Chris, our DNA. And it was funny because they said, so speak now if he's not the father, because this is going to tell us. And I'm like, nope, nope, he's dad. Sure. That's good. We're both there. <laughs> so they did that, and that found absolutely nothing. So we have no nothing to pinpoint for her autism, and that was that. And I will, I'm going on my soapbox to say autism is not caused by vaccines, period, end of story. I say this in my daddy boot camp, but I'm waiting for someone to complain to the hospital about it. There is no scientific proof at all. Anywhere it has been denied, defuted, does not happen. So once we had the genetic testing done and they didn't find anything, I was like, well, that's that. We don't know what caused it. I don't give a fuck. Let's move forward. Not, you know, even knowing what caused it, what's it going to change? I was already pregnant with Jake, so it's not like I could do anything. You know, at that point, the only thing I did ask was what his chances are, you know, where he falls. And they said, given that there's no family history, they couldn't find any connection with Ava. There's nothing with me and Chris. His chances are about 7 to 10%. Yep. And I think he's in the clear, but I'm not 100% sure on it because I still see things here and there that make me skip a beat. But I'm like, mm, I see things that make me think he's not. Right. He's so. doing it, it. It's amazing having two kids. I mean, let alone two completely neurotypical kids, which we don't have that, yeah. you know, but. Just how much sooner he's doing things like eye contact and mouthing words and other things that she, she always just had played, no interest. You know, taking the cars and zooming them around where she never, she didn't like take a car across the rug or crawling around the rug until she was two or two and a half. You know, until she started the ABA. She didn't, you know, have the typical play skills that he does. But then I see little like repetitive motions and stuff and I'm like, mm, but whatever. If he is, he is. If he isn't, he isn't. I think if he is, it'd be kind of cool because he'd probably get to go to the same preschool she does. And then, Which he might anyway. And then Miss Sue would have us for another three years, so she'd be with us for six years. Sorry, Miss Sue. Well, that's the other thing, um, really quick. Preschool. So if you have, at least in our state, if you have a special need, um, what, two years, nine months, right, is when you have the ability to apply for public preschool in no. our state. No. When was it? 2.9 is if you do private. Oh, so what about her? She wouldn't have been able to do it till the year she turned, she would be four. But she's able to do it because of her diagnosis. Yes. That's what I just three, said. She couldn't start preschool until she was three. But she could apply it two years, nine months, right? I think so. Because that was the, when we got I to think, go yeah, in. I think, yeah, 2.9 months, I think, is when they started so, doing So the, in, our, in our state, you know. your state might be different, but let me say, I we live in the town I grew up in, and we, you know... Uh, the town I grew up in is Lynn, Massachusetts. If you've heard of it, you probably know the saying. Lynn, Lynn, the city of sin. You never go out the way you come in. You never come out the way you went in. Yes. Lynn is... I don't even know the song for your never, own city. Shush it. Um, Lynn, Lynn is looked down upon in this state. Um, a I lot of them off. A lot of that comes from, you know, it being a place where there was a lot of immigrants, um, you know, in the early 1900s, late 1800s. So, you know, it's a working class city. It was the shoe factory city like beverly and everywhere else um but growing up here you know we we were looked at as you know the kids that weren't going to go to the big schools but i had kids in my graduating class and went to harvard mit you know I, I i did pretty well for myself as well you know i'm a senior engineer at a at a, at a good sized company so you know th this is not 
exceptions to the rules are everywhere, but every city has its good and its bad parts. But what I'm trying to say is we were, you know, concerned, okay, what's the schooling going to be like? Especially, okay, now we have a special needs kid. Turns out Lynn has some of the most well-funded or at least well-staffed special needs programs in the state. And we've gotten amazing, amazing attention to detail. It, you know, it's also pretty cool that my mother works in the school, so she knows a lot of people. She was able to tell us names of, you know, hey, these are the guys, these are the people, the people you're probably going to meet. You know, but we're we're very lucky in that regard. But we're also very happy to not have, you know, that to worry about too. That we've got some big, expensive private school we have to send our child away to because she's not looked at as being normal. Yeah. And and I I like that. Yeah, like so, you know, like going back to what Chris said about some people like looking down on their kid being diagnosed or you know see it as labeling or you know getting all emotional, blah 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 about it. I looked at it as a good thing because, as a blessing almost, because not only, you know, do we have answers as to what was going on with her, when, you know, we were planning, Jake was planned, he wasn't a surprise, so I didn't, we didn't have to worry about how much him coming into the home was going to upheave her schedule, because she still had her ABA the same time, the same days. Everything pretty much stayed the same. For her, other than just now she had a little brother. There was a little bit of jealousy at the beginning, and I didn't bond with him right away because I was so worried about her and how she was taking it. I didn't want to hurt her. I didn't want her. I wanted her to know she was still of this, even though it wasn't her and mummy anymore, and it was her, mummy, and Jake. I was still here. I, I worried a lot about, and I think I slipped into a little postpartum depression because it was all so much, you know. But I am in love with my little boy here. I just want to sit here and snuggle him. Mr. Jake. So much. He's so cute. Even though he's a big pain in the ass. <laughs> my little tantrumer. Why can't he be? Now, I will say Ava doesn't like tantrum. I mean, she gets pissy. She has a tood. But she doesn't like throw. She's never thrown herself on the floor in tantrum. Never bawled her eyes out. You tell her no. She's like, okay. Yeah, you take a toy away. Sure, I'll go play with this one. Have you correct her for something she's done wrong? She's, okay, I won't do it again. And I'm like, Jake, why can't you be like your sister? Why do you want the smallest thing? Like, I he, I had him in an outdoor play, in a play area today at the mall. And I kept grabbing him because he was trying to crawl out of it. And he'd get mad and throw himself on the floor and cry and smack at me. And I'm like, you know, your sister behaves better than you. And I hate being that bad. So, so Ava's a four and a half year old now. Which pain me is. So two and a half years post-diagnosis, right? Yeah. She's, or since diagnosis. So, as I was saying, so that was part of the blessing. And then... Because her birthday is the end of September, the age cutoff for, like, preschool and kindergarten is whatever age after <coughs> September 1st. So she would have to be four as of September 1st to enter the lottery for the Lynn pre-K. And there is no guarantee she would have gotten a spot if she didn't have the diagnosis. So she wouldn't have been able to apply for pre-K for Lynn until this, the year she turned five. Because that would be the first September. She would be four as of the first. It also meant the kindergarten, and this is still going to hit her anyway, but kindergarten, she isn't going to be five until the year she, you know, so as of September 1st, until she turned six. So her started being able to start preschool at three, got her three years of preschool. And that structure coupled with the ABA has been, I mean, you just, and you can watch her almost day to day growing. It's just, it, and that gave me some time, which is me and Jake time. 
you know, so I have three days a week now. When she started, it was just two days a week, and now her now her second year of preschool, it's three days. So there's three days a week that it's just me and Jake from quarter eight till quarter two, and I go pick her up. So it's it's given a nice balance, you know. She's getting the skills and the things she needs to be her best, but it's not taking her autism away. She still can do her happy flappy dance. We've never stopped her from doing anything that needs her help. God, I wish I wish we had a video of that we could post with this. We do, but we'd have to do it from behind. Yeah. Or something like that. Happy flappy Ava. I do have one somewhere. Um, I think. And it just it's I think it's been an all around good thing. I like having the answers and the knowledge, but um you know, so now we've got, you know, the goals change when you go from under three. Under three is more like working on, like, your play skills. Like, that's, we didn't do, we didn't have speech or, like, occupational therapy or PT when she was under three. Uh, we still had the EI, but she got her speech from ABA. She was in it for, like, three weeks, and all of a sudden, verbal diarrhea. She's sitting there saying all this stuff, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Who taught you how to talk? Yeah. And it's just, it. She is just making leaps and bounds. Like, everyone constantly is just cannot believe how far she's come so quickly. You know, from two years ago, she barely spoke to being pretty much where she should be for almost four and a half. And then you get, you know, obviously, immediate family that doesn't see her every day. They either sees her weekly or every couple of weeks. If You know, with them, they see it even more because we're with her every day. And they're like, oh, my God, like, she's, has she always, like, you know, done that standing on one foot thing or, you know. And it's funny because even our friends will say how much, you know, and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, not really. But, and like you say, but we see it every day, so it's not as a, a big shock to us. Also, things that may or may not have anything to do with, with the autism of itself, but like, think about, you know, having like a three-year-old kid that's learning how to say the ABCs. Ava said them to Z and then backwards from Z to A, just at free random. But I can do it. Yeah, but, it, but Sarah can do it. It just amazed oh, me. But she's just she's just come so far. I mean, she's learning to dress herself. ABA helped us potty train her. And, you know, she was potty trained before age four, so she wasn't even that late in potty training. She was still within the normal range, I believe. Quote, unquote, yeah. You know, because usually they say it's not really a concern until age five, technically. I think for most cases for normal, you know, neurotypical kiddos. Um, she's just, you know, she's... Good with Jake. She still has to learn to, you know, calm body, not attack him. But it's all because she wants to play with him. Yeah, I want to bring Jake over here. And she'll just book him up and walk with him. You know, she's she's his biggest supporter, learning to walk and cheering him on. Can he walk to me? She loves him, and it's really sweet. And it's nice because they bring him into her stuff. Like, when we're playing games, one of the, you know, the therapist will hold Jake, or I'll sit and hold him, or if the BCBA here, which is board-certified, Behavioral analyst, she's the one that writes the goals. Um, she's the one that comes in and watches the therapist to see what they're doing. and It's great. Like, everyone, it's just a lot of fun. It's just giant playtime. I'm like, if you saw it, you would probably just think I had, like, some of my aunts over here playing with her. You know, like, it was just my friends coming over to play. You know, and, and a lot of people get, like, up and, you know, some of them are young and they don't have kids. They don't get it. Well, even if they had a kid, then guarantee they'd be special needs and they'd still get it. Like, some people just are so uppity about the therapist. Like, they don't think they can do their job if they don't live the exact same life. Or if they don't have, like, well, they don't have the schooling. You don't even know the schooling these people go for. You know, people have to get their experience somewhere. Yep. You know, they're not, like, performing brain surgery on your kid. They're just playing with them and working with them. They're not... I did Some people just... 
I, I hate the, I don't want to say it, but just the, the community of parents or special needs kids. Some of them just need a good whack, you know. But I think it's, I think everything we've been doing for her is great. Obviously, there are times when I worry, am I doing the right thing? Is she going to hate me when she's older for it? But I watch her cues and, and I'm very, I'm here when they do it all. I'm, you know. Occasionally I go in the other room one time when she had the under three I took a nap because I trusted him and I was in the room and I dozed off for a minute So I was exhausted. I was pregnant <laughs> You know, but I'm here, you know, we can go out in the community So in the summertime when I was super pregnant with him or even No, it was after I had him I couldn't do very much because I was I just had him and you know, the beginning of the summer, it was hot, and then, you know, it was hard for me to get out with the two of them, so we were able to take her places as part of her sessions, um, because they're two hours, so we'd be able to go on a play place, so then they would play with her, and I could just sit and relax with the baby, and it was nice to be able to, to do things, go out in the park with her, go outside, and they can still do that now, so we're going to start trying to integrate, like, going out to, like, Target, or the mall to work with her, because she's too big for shopping carts now, She's at, you know, she's not a brat about it, but she's always like, I don't want to go in the stroller. Yeah, but she I'm always, a big girl. But she doesn't fight me on it, and she knows when it's just Mommy and Ava and Jake, she has to go in the stroller with Jake because Mommy can't have her walk when I have We to should set up the stroller with the standing. Yeah, she did well when I walked her into Target because she had to pee. Yeah. And I didn't bother putting her in because I was going to be taking her right out in two feet anyway. So I'm like, you know what, Mommy's going to let you walk. And she did very well. So I kind of don't have an excuse for anymore, but... So they're going to work on her because even when it is two adults, she still sometimes has a, you know, hard time focusing and will meander off and take off and think it's funny to sprawl on the, you know, typical kid stuff kind of. But I mean, it's all stuff that, that they're teaching her is stuff that you would expect of a neurotypical kid, you know, learning safety, learning, you know, self-care, you know, <laughs> and it's just teaching them in a way that works for their brains. So for her and probably most autistic kids, it's, Breaking it down step by step. You know, you use your helping hand to hold your dish and then you hold the, you know what I mean? Breaking it down to steps that they understand. Like with potty training, it was okay, you pull down your pants, you pull down your underwear, you sit on the potty, you go potty, you wipe, you walk. And they had a whole, we had a whole, like, that's the only time they actually used a physical reward. And I don't care who you are. Any parent or caregiver in the history of ever that has potty trained your child has used some sort of reward system, period. Don't tell me you didn't because you're full of shit. Hmm. That's the thing. Is I was like, well, they use rewards. I'm like, but how many times have you said, okay, if you do this, you can get this. Or if you get straight A's, this, you know, you get an A on this paper. You finish this. You clean your room. You can have A, B, or C. People do the things that, that they get mad at ABA for doing, but they do it anyway in real life and don't even notice. Or the hand over hand stuff. I'm like, all right, well, don't you do hand over hand when you're helping your kid learn to write when they're holding a baseball bat, a pool cue, or a golf club? Yeah. I mean, all this stuff you do in real life, you know, or, or you know, you get rewards for when you go to school. You go into school and doing the work, you get good grades. You do get good grades, you get, you know. Uh, into a good college. Well, you get the scholarships. And, yeah. You know what I mean? You get promotions at work. You know, if you're, like, in a sales position, you get different rewards when you get different sales levels. There's rewards everywhere, so don't sit there and say, well, I don't like the reward thing. Well, there's consequences and rewards in real life. Right. Like, I feel like a lot of these parents just are hesitant because of what they've heard from the past, which I get it, that's fair, but a lot of them don't want you to see, you know, precious little Tommy get upset because someone's pushing him to do something and he's pissed off about it. 
Okay, well, your neurotypical five-year-old's going to pitch a fit when you ask him to clean his toys. Still got to do it, doesn't he? Yeah. I feel like, I, and that's the thing is I feel like some of these parents are so overprotective, they can't even get out of their own way. And that's not helping their child. And the ones that, that have the emotional issues with it, you know, one of the big things that I try to nicely point out is you need to get that under control. You need to take care of yourself, go to therapy, take medicine, whatever you got to do, because you need to be on top of you to take care of your child. And as they get older, these kids are smart. Ava doesn't miss a friggin' beat. She'll tell you if she noticed that you wore a shirt you've worn before. Oh, yeah. What shirt's Miss Sue going to be wearing today? Her poor teacher needs to know. <laughs> Poor teacher, I love her. Oh, I wish I could spend more than the price limit on gifts for her because she's amazing. But we'll get into that in a minute. But like these kids pick up on stuff, so if they can tell that their mother is always upset because of their diagnosis, that's gonna make them think mommy doesn't love me and there's something wrong with me, you know. Or or these oh, I don't want to label my kid. I don't want him treated differently. Well, so you'd rather your kid be labeled the lazy kid, the bad kid, the troubled kid. Because he's struggling in school because you won't just go get him diagnosed. Yeah. To get him the right stuff. Because that's better than being labeled autistic. Really? Like, kids pick up on this stuff, you know. You can sit there and say, well, I love him and I do anything for him and blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah, but even if you're not saying it, they can sense it. You know, I... I This this is the stuff that I see parents do that just makes me want to strangle them all and be like, you're mm. not helping your damn kid. But I like I said, I know everyone handles you know, things differently. You have to go through emotions. That's fine. But there's a time when you have to pick yourself up and move forward. You can't dwell on what caused it and what didn't because you can't fix it. You can't erase the autism. It's there. You know, they don't know what causes it. Who knows if they ever will. And like I said, it wasn't that big of a deal to us. We did the basic, you know, work to find it. We didn't. Book closed. Moving on. Right, exactly. Done deal. I don't really, like I said, I don't give a fuck what caused it. I can't fix it. Jake's already here, so it's not like I could not do what I did that gave her autism. Too fucking late. Yep. <laughs> don't care. You know, and as horrible as that may sound, it just, what does it matter to find it now? We're not having any more kids. Finding the cause isn't going to really do any different. I can't just say, okay, now I know I'm going to snap my fingers. It doesn't change who Ava is. Hey, I snapped. Did you hear it? I actually Yeah, snapped. good for you. I can't do it. I don't. So, yeah. So, now... Here we are. Ava's four and a half. She's in her second year of preschool. So the first year she did um, quarter of eight to quarter of two on Tuesdays and Thursdays um, at a little school. It's called the Cubby's Den. It's like a preschool that's part of Lynn Tech. So the early education what do you call students. It? We call it like a concentration. Yeah, that's really? their that's their major. No, that's is their it major. considered a major? When you go to a tech school, you have a major. Is that what I didn't yeah. know if it was considered major concentration? So they come down, and I guess there's a bunch of different classes, and they work with the students, and she loves the high school. She My loves, high school friend. It friends. was hysterical. I forgot when we went, because we went, and this is the thing I recommend, even for non-typical parents. Once you have your kid's placement, if you can, meet the teacher and see the classroom with your child beforehand. I don't necessarily know if it helped with Ava or she would have just been as happy as hell to go to school day one. With yeah, we've it. not once ever had a, I don't want to so be So I can't here. say for sure if it made any difference with her or if she would have just been that happy, go lucky, I'm going to school, F off, mom and dad, as she normally is. But it was really nice to see the classroom and meet the teacher because up until then, knowing that, she, you know, everyone that watched her was family. So her teacher was the first person we left her with 
that wasn't family that we didn't know. Yeah. But Ava took right to her. She ran right into the classroom, cited to meet her teacher, started playing with the toys. Okay, was, Daddy, you can go home. You know, because it was before, it, you know, class had been out for that day. So she, we had the classroom to ourselves, and we were doing paperwork. So and Chris was talking to the teacher, and I was filling out the paperwork. I was kind of half listening to everything she said, so I kind of missed that she was saying that the high school kids would come down. So you know, I'm talking to Ava. I'm like, Ava, how was school today? And she's talking about school. And she said, and my high school friends. And I was like, what now? High school friends? Excuse me, you're three. Excuse me. And then Chris explained it. I'm like, oh, that's right. Duh. So you know, and she knows all her kids' names, and she can tell you who was in school today, who wasn't. And it's just been great. So now she goes um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the same quarter eight to quarter two, same teacher, same teacher. It's just, and her teacher is the sweetest woman on the face of the planet. I don't think these kids could throw something at her that would face her in the least. Right. I mean, she said she has a kid that drops F-bombs in class. My child is just a barrel of laughs in school. <laughs> you know, so I, 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 I feel very comfortable. I love her teacher. I actually, during school vacations, miss seeing her teacher because I miss talking to her. Yeah. You know, she's just very sweet. I can see how much she loves Ava and her other kids. And you know what I mean? Like, Ava got hurt this oh, year. Yeah. She fell. And I think it was her first session of PT for the school year and, and hit her head on a table or a counter or something. And I came in and her poor teacher, who's like well, five, six or something. She's not tiny. She's, you know, average height for a woman is sitting on the little tiny preschool chairs holding my sobbing child. And I'm like, get the poor woman a full-size chair already. Poor Ava. <laughs> but she just, you know what I mean? She's always going out of her way, you know, to accommodate Ava. I don't want to go into details because I don't want to get her. I don't want... But, like, right. there was some, some, ish, some stuff with, like, potty training and... And diaper changes that Ava didn't like, so she went above and beyond to make Ava comfortable. And, and right, and instead of just saying no, we have, have to do to it deal this with way. This, well, I'm just going to do it this way. Yeah, you know, and it meant a lot that she went out of, you know, I don't want to say her comfort zone, but went, you know, she catered to the she child. She catered to it in a way that surprised me, but not yeah. not in a bad way, you know. And that really meant a lot that we can say, okay, you know. Ava likes, she won't eat square cut pizza. She likes triangle pizza. And they said, cool, we'll take care so of that. So she's like, okay, I'll remember that. You know, we told them that. Or Ava likes her food, like. Not hot. Not, so not, when they're not, serving not, lunch, yeah. you know, maybe get her stuff thrown in a refrigerator. for You know what I mean? Or, you know, like I picked her up the other day and one of the lunch ladies had given her an extra bag of Doritos to take home as a snack. <laughs> it was a special snack and I thought it was really sweet. My special chips. I got my special chips. Yes. And I wasn't going to let her eat them until we got home. And then I said, no, what? you better eat them in the car because if I make you wait till you get home, your brother's going to try to mooch them off you. Yeah, we call him the mooch. He's the moochie mooch because if you have food, he's like a cat with a freaking can opener. As soon as he hears any kind of food wrapper, he's like, where, where? And he's like right up in your face, like look, trying to look in the container, like trying to reach his hand in. And, he'll, he, and he won't bitch a fan. He'll just stare you down for your food. Yeah. Mine, bubba, bubba, mine. And I give in because he's too funny. And if I give him something of his own, if it's not what I have, he's not interested. But he's so, so damn cute, cute, I can't say no. She likes to share. So she doesn't really mind sharing with her brother. But it's just, it's been great. Like, she's been, it's been, up to this point so far, we haven't had um, bad experiences anywhere, really. I mean. No. You know, I did have, you know, like, when, when we started the over three, I was confused by the goals because 
I thought they were one thing, and then I'm watching them do something else, and I was like, that's not what we said. The, not that they were anything bad, but just, I don't even remember now, and, and the over three BCBA we had wasn't as playful and, like, get down on the floor. It was more, more clinical. Clinical, I guess, would be the Ava responds very much to, like, love and being playful, like hugs and kisses and tickles and just being, playing with her, getting down and on the floor with her. And, the and you know, she was nice and I liked her, but when we got the current one in, it was a world of difference because you could see, as soon, as soon as I spoke up and said, you know, I don't know if it's the way, you know, her over three therapist is or if she's just taking the lead from the BCBA, but I was seeing not a strong connection there and I said, I don't see the type of, you know, connection Ava likes happening. And I think it's making it hard. And as soon as I broke that wall and her therapist got more playful, the connection worked and it was much better. Right. She left because she graduated and now we have finally a new person and Ava's warming up to him. She's got, she gets iffy around certain men for some odd reason. I can't pinpoint why, but she warms up to him. So we're getting there, but it's been, you know. I feel comfortable speaking up and saying, you know, these are the goals, these are things I'm concerned about, this is the stuff I see that I don't like, you know, and it's all about comfort, and it's all about um, working as a team, and that's what I, I see, and I see a lot of these parents that, like, feel they need to go in, like, raging mama bear from day one to, like, yeah. IEP meetings and, and evaluation, instead of working as a team, they want to go in there and... And, you know, make it known that they're the alpha. And I'm like, that's not going to fucking help a goddamn thing. Right. You know, or these... Walking entitled you know, on these, day one. You know, and I didn't post anything in any of the groups I'm in about her falling because they all would have told me to send her in with an angel care thing to because they're abusing her because she fell once. And I picked her up. The, the therapy lady was there crying. She felt so bad. Yeah. I mean, I don't need to be any more convinced than that. That, you know, nothing sinister. You know what I mean? Like... These parents, like, expect their kid, and I understand, because you see on the news abuse and stuff, and I know some of their kids are nonverbal, so they can't really express right. I get that, but you're going to do better if you don't jump to conclusions, you know, assume that when you get a note from the teacher that they, they like, they, they these people will, will, like, you know, screenshot or photograph letters and things they get home, and they're like, am I overreacting to be mad? And a lot of times we're like, yeah, you're overreacting. The teacher's trying to work with you. Maybe their wording isn't that great, but did you ever think it's because they get their heads bitten off, so they're writing nervously? Like, yeah. I sat next to her, Ava's teacher at one of our IEP meetings, and it's usually, it's her, me and Chris, we bring the BCBA. And, and all the, of Ava's and then the specialists. PT, the speech teacher and the OT. And, you know, her teacher runs it, and she started talking, and she started shaking, and it broke my and, heart. And, and the, the thing that's the most heartbreaking about it is she's shaking, and all she's reading, and all of any of them are reading are, Ava's hitting all her goals, and she's just a joy, and they still can't get through that without shaking. Because they've had some parents that have just been shitty, and I, it makes me want to strangle them. And if I ever heard a parent giving her shit, I would be like, hey, no, you get, no. You don't do that to her. I'm sorry, but no, that's not cool. You know, I unless the teacher honestly is fucked up, you don't go in there thinking that you're, you know, the alpha and, you know, you know everything because you're not a teacher. You don't know. And I see, you know, and I've seen this said in uh, another Facebook group. I mean, it's actually a really good um, vaccine one. It's for, you know, anti and pro-vaccine 
but it's very source-based, you know, reliable source-based. I've learned a lot, even though I'm very pro-vaccine. I was iffy on the HPV, but I've seen a lot of stuff that they've posted in there. And, like, it's one of my favorite groups because it's a no-bullshit group. Like, if you even so much as nasty, you're gone. And a lot of them have pointed out that, yeah, you know, in some most cases, trust your instinct as a parent, but sometimes your instincts are biased. So you're going to, you know, you thinking that, you know, oh my God, vaccines are going to hurt my kid, for instance, may not be the smartest instinct you have because as a parent, you want to protect them from something you think is going to hurt them. So, and what the hell are you doing? I'm good. Um, so in like cases like that, you may think you, you know, your parental instinct is telling you something, but it may not be telling you what you think. So listen to it, but don't be so quick to assume the worst or that, you know, the placement you want your kid in is the best. If you're not, you know, a teacher, you're not, you know, these people that think, oh, I can do the speech therapy, the B, you know, the, the ABA, the OT. I'm like, you didn't go to school for it. So right. It makes you think you can, and your kid's not going to switch from you being mommy, you know, all day to you being their speech therapist for two hours. It's not going to work. The statement, a parent knows what's best for their kid, I won't say is an outdated statement. All it means is by knowing what's best for your kid means that you're going to do your best to find the best person to give them that care. That's what it means. You're going to find the best specialist. You're going to find the best school. You're going to advocate for them at their IEPs if you have to. Not just assume that you're capable of doing everything when you're not. There are these people that, you know, that want their kids in this way to go to school. And they want to do it this way and this way. And then we're like, well, but that's not working. And they argue, so I'm just saying, you know what, maybe you're right. Maybe I do need to rethink it. Like, there was a, uh, a woman that was writing about, I guess, her son was falling behind in school. And there was some issue with, like, she wasn't having him do any homework. Or was it her, maybe? I think it was a male or female student. And the kid was falling behind. And we're all like, well, maybe you need to start having him do, like, five minutes of homework. You know, and then build up to, like, ten minutes. You know, because he's going to have to do homework. And if he's falling behind, something has to change. And she was fighting everybody about it. And and we're all like, well, maybe he needs to be in a different placement. Because obviously having him where he's placed isn't working. Right. And, you know, and if you're going to write into these support groups, then listen to the suggestions. Don't just shoot them all down. I see that a lot, too. But, so then, a bigger piece, you know, getting away from all that you know, my venting, you know, a bigger piece of this, you know, being a parent to an autistic child or any disability is how it affects us. You know, I mean, we obviously see, you know, how it affects. It can be hard because you're, you know, you don't want to compare your kid. I mean, we have a couple we're friends with whose daughter has the exact same birthday as Ava. So they're the same exact age. And to see her doing some things that Ava isn't doing yet, it's kind of hard not to compare, but then Ava's potty trained and she's not. Right, so it's all just give and take. So I'm sitting there saying, well, my kid's not potty. My kid's potty trained and she's delayed and yours is not and isn't. You know, so then there's a part of me that has to be like, well, you can't, you know, not to, like, internally I'm proud and I would never, like, shove it in their face. But, like, internally I'm like, yes! Well, and I guess the, the situation there is to be proud of what your kid is able to do not be proud that another kid can't do something. Yeah. And that's the way to look at it. But I will like, say, and I will full out admit, that 
I bask in the fact that my four-year-old is generally one of the better-behaved four-year-olds anywhere. Yes. She doesn't tantrum. If your kid takes something from her, you'll get maybe a my toy. That's funny. Yeah, my toy is when she's really upset. She's not the one screaming and crying. She does that with her brother, but she won't do that with anyone else. But it's, you know, that I'll fall on gloat about. I don't give a fuck. But it's just, it can be hard. Like, there are times when I feel, you know, I don't want to say alone, but there are times, like, when I get frustrated. Situations where I feel like maybe people just don't get it. You know, it's one of those things where, like, everyone gets there and say, we understand, we get it. Well, no, you don't live it, so you don't. You get to just, when you see her go home and live your life, you don't, you know, go out with her day to day and wonder, how is it going to be today? Right. You know, is, you know, if we take her to, like, you know, we've taken her to Tosfield Fair since she was a baby. You know, she went when she was, like, a week old. And every year it's been fine, but this past year it was just too overwhelming sensory wise for her and we didn't expect that and it kind of was like you know the start of like all right things are changing now things we thought she would like freak her out you know we are learning that she's very everything is black and white with her like when it was time for christmas um anyone with a child that's listening that believes in santa spoiler alert (laughs) you know we told her santa came down the chimney and she was like, no, the front door, because you come in and out of a house, the front door. She's the chimney yep. for that. So she was a little stuck on that, you know. it, You know, she had pajama day at school for her last day of school before Christmas break. Last year, she fully accepted it. This year, she was like, no, you don't wear pajamas at school. We sent her anyway. And she dealt with it. You know, she was fine with it, but she questioned it. She was like, no, you don't wear, you know. Mommy, you're, if I like don't if I don't change my T-shirt when I go to bed and I just put on like pajamas. You're pants, not wearing a pajama. You're shirt. not wearing a pajama shirt or like if I sleep in my T-shirt and leggings I had on that day. Mommy, you slept in your clothes. <sighs> you know, or like she's very black and white with things. You know, it's, and it's it's cute. And, you know, we let it go for the most part because it's it's harmless. But you know, like. This has to go. I'm trying to think. Like, she has a, a toy that's a pizza oven. It's from Melissa and Doug, and it's a cute toy. And it comes with, it's supposed to be like you work at a pizza shop. Kind of pizza counter thing. And one side is like the menu on this little card it comes with, with the different ingredients. And the other side is how to make a pizza. And she will only make a pizza the way it says on that card. If yeah, and actually in real life, she'll only make a pizza that way too. We've. I think she's gotten to that she'll make a pizza... In the, with the toy a little differently now, but like I was making, I'm like, Eva, I want to put all the peppers on it instead of one of each topping. And she's like, No, has to be one of each. Like she was, and I was like, Okay, perfect, all right. You know, but I'm trying to think what else. Just a lot of things. You already wore that shirt. Yeah. She says to her teacher. Or like she has to know. She asks the same questions a bajillion times. Like, Ariel's coming today. Is Ariel coming? Or BCBA. Ariel's coming today, right? Ariel's coming? Ariel's going to come today? She's when we go way. to sleep, what are we going to do next? That's her, or another thing she does. Is only do it, And I think some of that's a game now because she laughs when she does it. But there's a lot of stuff that we see. Like, um, she went through a phase shortly after she was potty trained that she was terrified of the big potty. Which yep. was never I an need issue. a hug. 
And it took like two weeks, but we got her over that by pushing her through it. And, you know, family members hearing that would get upset hearing us. In oh, it was really, yeah, with her screaming. it was hard on us too, but we had to push her through it. And we'd hug her and, you know, slowly, you know, I'd show her, you know, like, I'm going to let go for a minute. I'm going to show you. You can't fall in. You can't get hurt. You know, and now she's fine. Now she wants her privacy on the big party. Yep. That's she. I want my privacy, please. But God forbid I get my privacy when I'm in the bathroom. Yeah. I shut the door. I'm in here now. We're both in here. You can go potty now. You're stinky. Thanks, Ava. You know. But she's just... She's... It's, it's, it's you know, and then, like, understanding, you know, like, going away somewhere new. Like, we want to do things, like... I know, like, if we took her to Disney World, that's probably going to be way overwhelming. Storyland was overwhelming enough. Yeah, Storyland was enough. I think Disney would just be, you know, and that makes me sad, but maybe another year or two when Jake's a little older, we'll try it, you know. But And it's hard when, like, you're trying to explain things to family members and they, they think they get it or, you know, older family members that have kids, you know, you know, will react to situations like, her not sitting, wanting to sit at the dining room table to someone may think she's just being a brat. Right. But there's obviously something genuinely wrong. And people go to their their normal or their toolbox that they've used for their neurotypical kids and think, okay, well, you can push a kid a little bit. You can, you know, you can threaten to take something or that they're not going to get something. And the realization that we've had to come with with Ava is that no, she just needs time. And you give her time and she'll get used to stuff. She'll sit. And so her... and so we need to make sure that we're better at communicating that. And, and not just have it be like, you're wrong, stop. Be like this you is know, why. And that, you know, don't you know, we let her like maybe watch YouTube on a phone if we have to during to get her to sit at dinner or to bring some toys, you know, and we don't force her to eat what we eat because she has a smaller... She doesn't like a lot of stuff. She's got a decent menu for an autistic kid. But still, you know, it's not... We can't always give her what we're eating. She won't eat it. And a lot of times we just give her whatever she asks for because she's eating. And eating's important. You know, she likes fruits and veggies and... Yeah, she likes oranges you know, she and pineapple. She's fairly healthy. And... She's not... She, you know, popcorn... And goldfish are like... Popcorn and goldfish are, yeah, are her, like, treats. She doesn't eat a lot of sweets. She'll play with them before she eats them. Yeah. So, like, she you know, Reese's so like, oh, well, you can, you know, so. she's like, can I have watermelon? Or, you know, asking for something that you would, you know, if she wants some, like, if we're going to put out fruit or something for, like, the second part of a meal, and she asks for it first, she can have it. Yep. And it's just something we have to explain to people is that we give her what she asks for for food, when she asked for it, if she tells me she's hungry, like, they actually had waffles before you came home tonight for dinner because she kept asking me for oh. repeatedly. And I'm like, fine. I knew if I gave her waffles, Mooch was going to wash them, so I had to make Mooch waffles, too. So they had waffles. What? Just letting you know I'm sleepy. Well, I'm having a good time with this No, podcast. I'm having a good time, too. It just well, I'm not done yet. Keep going, then. Oh, you're not. Uh, well, I still have a long lot of stuff to talk about. Well, then get to it. Um... So just, you know, I just, I, she, you know, she gets a, a bagel from Dunkin' Donuts on the way home from school. Or, if, you know, we go out, you know, 
usually for on the day she's not at school, it's like a couple of the fruit and vegetable pouches and waffles or something for breakfast. And usually when we're out, I'll grab them bagels. She drinks chocolate milk. Occasional juice and she likes water, but chocolate milk is generally what she Chocolate milk! And that's fine. And, you know, some people think, oh my god, you're giving her all that sugar. Well, she's eating and drinking, so I'm really not going to complain. I know. You know, I grew up with a mother that catered to me and my sister. If we didn't like what she was making, she would make us not a full separate meal, but like if she was making like fish, she would say, okay, I'm making fish and like XYZ vegetables. You like the vegetables, I'll just make you a piece of chicken. You know, she wanted to make sure we ate or wouldn't get mad at us if I said, oh, I'm going to have a bowl of cereal when you have, you know, tonight for dinner because you're having something I don't like or I'm going to make myself a sandwich or I'm going to make myself pasta. Sometimes she would make it if it wasn't a huge pain in the ass. But we were never, like, forced to sit and finish a plate or eat something we didn't like because she wasn't going to eat what she didn't like. If she didn't like something, she didn't make it. You know, there was stuff that we all liked that she didn't like, so she never made it. Except for lasagna, which she didn't like. Lasagna, there was like lasagna. I think there's one other thing she would make. Lady made the best lasagna I've ever had in my life, and she didn't eat it. I think there was something else she made for my dad that she that pasta fajoule. No, she ate that. I thought she made it for him. No, her and Ange. Oh, all right. Her and my sister, Dad, and I didn't eat it. But and that's just what I grew up. What I knew, um, is that kind of thing. Is so that's how we agree to be with our kids. Is I'm not gonna force them to sit and eat something they don't eat. Jake, on the other hand, will eat anything that's edible. Yeah, correct. He's pretty easy, but she's a little bit harder, and it can get, you know, frustrating, you know, when I'm like, all right, like, I hate making them lunch, you know, because it's, he'll eat whatever I give him, and, and at least now I know I can make both of them a grilled cheese or the chicken nuggets in the freezer. It's getting easier to be able to sit and make them food. <coughs> yeah, she eats grilled cheese, chicken nuggets, pizza, grapes, oranges, pasta, pasta goldfish, Popcorn. Pretty much any cracker or chip. Any cracker or chip. Reese's peanut Cheese butter cups. Um, what else? There's other things. Bread. All the bread. Bread. Bagels. Waffles. Donuts. Not really donuts. No, no. Just all kinds of fruits. Fruits, vegetables. Yeah. I mean, she's got a, a, a wide path. I mean, it's not horrible, but... It, it's just hard, like, when we're having, like, tacos, I know she's not going to eat maybe anything but, like, the shell. Or the, she likes rice. She'll eat the rice. She loves the rice. And actually rice. You know, and it's just learning to go at her pace with things and, and knowing, like, I, like I was saying to my dad, we came home from the fair and she just, she asked for, you know, chocolate milk and a bowl of goldfish crackers and she sat on the couch with her crackers and her and her drink, and she watched her YouTube videos for, like, two hours and just didn't move. And I know that was because that's how she was unwinding and decompressing because the fare had been so overloading for her sensory-wise. And she, when she was done with the fish, she, you know, she didn't finish them, and she came to the kitchen, put them on the kitchen counter, and it was all done. It was the cutest thing. I was like, oh, my God, she did a big kid thing. But it was the same time I, I was, like, having all these emotions of, oh, my God, she just came and did a big kid, like... Put her dish away type thing. And now, I'm, you know, she's sitting there watching TV, like, trying to re-regulate herself because she had such a tough time. And I feel bad I put her through that. And it was just, as a parent, it was just, I was tugged everywhere. Like, you know, feeling, like, we, when she turned three, we took her to the Disney Junior Dance Party for her birthday. It was my sister's gift to her. The three of us went with her. And 
I had been devastated because I didn't think it was coming anywhere near here, and I knew she would love it. I thought she'd love it because she loves Disney Junior. All the she knows all the shows and characters and songs, and I thought she would have been excited about it. She would watch it on TV, and she seemed excited by it. She liked watching the YouTube videos of it, so I thought she'd be all about it. And my sister sent me a message and said it was going to be in Boston in September. Let's go for her birthday. And I was like, absolutely. And we went, and we it was at the Wang Theater in Boston, so it's like a like a big theater you'd see like a musical in or whatever. And I got us decently close seats because I'm small, Ava's small. I wanted her to be able to see and be close to the action. And we walk in, and she wouldn't even let go of my sister. Yep. She wouldn't, and it was, and I don't blame her because it was very loud. They had like a DJ booth thing with like. It flat. It was loud, and it was just it, it was sensory overload for her. And it didn't the way it looked on TV didn't look the way it was. Like it didn't seem like it was that sensory. It seemed more to me like a small, like little kid stage show. I didn't think it was going to be this big sensory nightmare that it was. So she wouldn't even sit in the seat. So I, Chris was parking the car. And I'm like I don't know what we're going to do. She won't even sit for the show. So then we ended up staying in, like, you walk into the theater. In the back. And then there's, like, a back hall where all the doors are to the hallways into the aisles into the seats. So we were in that, like, dark strip in the doorways, and Ava would sit back there when everyone was cheering. And then when, like, characters would come on and they'd sing and everyone in the audience was quiet and it was more subdued, she'd want to go in the doorway and even down, standing, you know, by the first few rows in the back and watch. And she was excited, and she told everyone she saw it, and we got her a couple of toys from the she, she She enjoyed it. It just scared her. It, You know, she liked it, but it wasn't... So I'm like, all right, well, live shows are out. We took her to the zoo, though. I mean, the, the circus. She liked the circus. We did have to... You know, we do have the head the noise-canceling headphones for her, because had those helped, sometimes just having them and not necessarily wearing them is enough for her. But we know those help. We know, you know, like, we took her on a train ride in Hershey Hershey and we got on it and the conductor started talking and it scared the hell out of her which was kind of bizarre like all right so we got off and we had forgotten to bring her headphones from home so we went to Walmart grabbed a couple different pairs just to have options in case she didn't like the first one and you know we let her pick which one of the two I got and she put them on and she had her YouTube videos on Chris's phone we got back on that. They let us switch the train tickets, and we got back on, and she loved it. And then she wanted to go on trains the whole time. She wanted to do trains. We did the. She, she did walked, everything. She did the ride at she Hershey Park. She did the ride at Hershey. We did it the like factory seven times. Factory tour ride seven times between. She loved it. I want to go back on the Hershey experience. She'd get a little antsy, a little. You know, it was like borderline sensory overload for her, but she loved it. You know, she as long as she knew she had her headphones, she was good. You know, so it's about being prepared and knowing. What helps her in communicating that? That's the big thing is communicating. And that's where I feel like we've kind of dropped the ball is the last couple of months because we've learned and discovered so much so quick. <clears throat> and just a lot of other stuff going on, you know, inside of me, you know, Chris's car accident, my surgery, the holidays, blah, blah, blah. But I've just learned and saw a lot of things with her that, you know, when it comes to like eating, you have to just let her do her thing and she'll come and she'll eat. You know, or, you know, sometimes giving her a time or be like, okay, Ava, why don't we 
you know, you can sit for five minutes, and usually she'll get so involved in the eating that she, the five minutes goes and she's still there. Mm -hmm. We'll play a game like, okay, you need to help Grandpa take three, you know, count three bites of pasta for Grandpa. And then my dad will be like, all right, now, Ava, I'm going to count three bites for you, and she'll take three bites of what she's eating. And, you know, figuring out that we have to make sure her food is, is cold or, you know, or, you know, how she likes things. It's just a matter of figuring things out and expressing it and, and, Sometimes it feels like no matter what or how we explain it, some people just don't get it or, you know, just, you know, or they question or they push back and be like, well, no, you know, she's going to be okay. You should do it. No. If, you know, that's the thing with a special needs parent is to respect them and their wishes. And if they say, no, I don't want to put my child in that situation, I don't think she'll handle it well, just say, okay, and accept it. You know, don't push and say, well, you know, you don't know. And if you don't, you know, in some cases, yeah, maybe I would push her a little bit, like with the toilet. But I'm not going to go on a vacation with her in a large group setting or something where I don't know how she's going to be. And I don't want to ruin the vacation. And I also don't want to be swarmed by a thousand people trying to help me. Like, I don't want to bring her somewhere with a large group of vacation or, or somewhere, you know, local without you know i'd rather go just me and chris and the kids so if something happens the four of us scoot out and that's that i'm very i have a lot of social anxiety and a lot of you know when people try to help me and a lot of times it can be be too much for me and it you know what i mean and not i don't want to say they're not overbearing is another word but like just it's too much and it just it's i have a hard time being like you know if i say no and like with people pushing and being like you sure you don't need anything? you sure you don't need anything no i just need to get my daughter out of this situation i don't need other people trying to help me mm-hmm. you know what i mean i just and even not just with her just people offering help sometimes or constantly reminding me of the same thing over yes i know you're there i know you'll help me blood bug off <laughs> you know what i mean just i'm very i have a hard time with social skills i don't you know in situations where i need to advocate for ava sometimes i jump and my mouth opens up before my brain can be like whoa Mm. word this this way you know i just see something that needs to be fixed and my brain doesn't i don't my brain doesn't function faster than my mouth my mouth is just like oh my god you've got to tell them to stop that right away Mm -hmm. it just blurts it out and i've been working on calmly taking a breath you know just calm down let it out you know just word by word don't you know and it you know what i mean and i can i explain i'm like i don't mean for my tone to sound horrible or like that but i'm out of my comfort zone speaking up about stuff or speaking up when something bothers me and having a special needs kid it's like pushing me to to really deal with that problem because i need to be able to speak up and advocate and a lot of times I still, like, elbow Chris. I'm like, will you go do this? Will you go talk to this person about mm. that? Can you call this person? I don't want to deal with it. Like, I make him, I, like, I'm glad he does drop off because I make him ask the hard questions in the morning to the teacher. <laughs> yeah, I'm the jerk. Well, not, like, anything bad, but, like, oh, can you ask her for her email address? Because that would be something I would be so uncomfortable asking because it's not given to us. So I don't know if we're allowed to even have it. So... We needed to get it so that um, our BCBA could communicate with the teacher about coming in to observe Ava in school. And she asked me, oh, can you guys get me, you know, the teacher's 
email address. And I'm like, Chris, can she ask me to have Chris do it? And I don't know if it's because she knows me enough now that I would be nervous doing it. But I make Chris ask those questions because I would have felt uncomfortable asking because I wouldn't want to put the teacher in an awkward position. She'd be like, well, no, I can't give it to you. So I'm like, I'm like, Chris, can you ask her this? Like, or if like, like I picked Gabe up from school one time last year and she didn't have her sweatshirt on. And it was the middle of the winter. And like her hair was like up in like a messy bun. And I'd never do her hair like that. So I was like, and her like her shirt, her sweatshirt was in a bag soaked. And I was like, what the hell happened? And I was like, Ava, what happened? <coughs> and she couldn't really tell me. And I had Chris asked the next day because I was like, I don't want to ask and sound like I'm accusing anybody of anything. So I made Chris ask. <laughs> so like, that's the kind of stuff like. I or like we're out to dinner and I'm like, Chris, can you ask the waiter about this meal? She'll be like, I so this is pushing me out of my comfort zone. And it's a good thing. And it and it's, you know, helping me a lot to like I said, to advocate for her and to talk to, you know, family and to, you know, it's just it's trying to get everyone on the same page and trying to help everyone understand and not having them. It's just, it's hard. It's hard to be a special needs parent. It's hard because there are things that, like, we worry about, like, her future. Like, you know, where is she going to be? Is she going to go to college? Is she going to get married? Is she going to have kids? Can she live on her own? Well, we have to worry about Kara. What are her behaviors going to be like? Is she going to be this calm and cool, you know, well-behaved all her life? Or is she going to start being one of the violent, you know, out-of-control ones when she gets older? What's puberty going to be like? How is she going to handle when she has her period? Oh, How yeah. is she going to be when she loses teeth? All this stuff that other people don't really need to worry about with her. Like, yeah, they'll, you know, when we see, you know, our families for dinner and gatherings or whatnot, they're going to, you know, possibly have to see her upset because she, you know, however she handles a lose tooth or whatever, but they get to go home. We still, you know, we worry about when people invite us to places. Like, we, she doesn't like hibachi restaurants. She doesn't like the flame. So if we do family dinners or if we get invited to, to one of those, we, you know, either have to not go or we have to make sure we have a sitter for her because it's not something she's going to want to do or go to. Like, we don't take her to any of the live kids shows because she doesn't like it. She won't like Paw Patrol Live or... You know what I mean? I, and it's hard because sometimes I feel like you people are like, oh, I think Ava would like this. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. Like, I feel like a bad guy because I'm so quick to turn it down. It's because I know her. And I, I don't want to put her in situations that's going to upset her. Especially I don't if someone's spending the money on it, us or a gift or something. I don't want to waste, you know, X amount of dollars to go here or there if I know she's probably not going to enjoy it and we're just going to have to leave. You know, and then if something Jake likes, then alright, do we split up? Like, do I stay at this place with Jake because he likes it or Chris and or, or, you know, Chris goes with Ava or I go with Ava. You know, it's just, it's a lot. And I know some people mean well and they want to do stuff with the kids, but at the same time, there's there's so much to it. Like, and this is another thing that, that an odd thing I never really thought I'd have to put thought into, but gift giving for her. She, and this threw me off, she got a toy for her birthday that scared the crap out of her. It was just a little, like, toy laptop, and when you opened it, there was a little, like, 8-bit, I guess you'd call it, yeah. guy that comes on. And I thought she'd like the laptop. She liked playing with the little one Jake has. 
And she opened it and was trying to play with it. And the thing popped up and started talking to her. And she slammed it and threw it and freaked out. And I was like, all right. So then she tried it again a couple days later. And she was like, Mama, throw it away. And I'm like, okay, guess we're digging the tra- that box out of the trash and turning that. So then I had to figure out where it came from. I, for- I don't know who gave it to her because she tore into everything all at once. So I had to, like, dig through the trash to pull out the box. And I had to figure out where they got it because it was, like, an older toy that was, like, at Walgreens. And it was just, so now I'm like, you know, I make wish lists and I'm like, please stick to the wish list because this is the stuff I know she likes and she'll play with because if you get her something else, there's a chance it's going to scare her or she's not going to be interested in it or, or it's, you know what I mean? She's full of surprises. You know, I don't know. You say something and she's, I'm trying to think now, like, like I gave her, you know what I mean? It's just. I stick with what I know works with her. I know she likes Duplos. I know she likes any kind of little figure. She likes Pop. You know what I mean? I know what she likes. And, you know what I mean? It's it's less stressful for us to have to worry about, you know, she doesn't like hats. She won't wear, she'll wear like her out, there's like one hat she wears for like hats and gloves outside in the winter. She won't wear hats. Don't give her a hat. She won't wear it. <laughs> You know what I mean? So I know the kind of stuff that she will like and enjoy. So I put, you know, these wish lists out. And I said to Chris, I said, I feel bad. Like being like, please stick to this list. But it's less stressful for us to to know that she's going to be able to open the toys and play with them and not worry about, well, she's going to be scared by something. Mm -hmm. You know, is she not going to like it? Is she, you know, kids are iffy on things anyway, but. I never expected a toy to scare the crap out of her like that. No, especially one that was so similar to other ones she liked. Yeah, I, I, that took me for a loop. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's why I say stick to the stuff we know she likes. She likes pop. You know what I mean? So, it's just, it's a learning curve for everybody. But it's, you know, to people on the outside of it, respect a special needs parent. Don't, you know, try to interject where you don't know. You know, you think you might know and maybe... You know, you know the per you need well enough to know that you can maybe make a suggestion, but follow their lead. Respect what they ask, what they say, and how they're doing things. That's what helps a special needs parent. That's what helps me is knowing that people understand me. Knowing that if I you know, like I had a I had this talk with my family the other day about, you know, as she gets older, because she's starting to have kind of a tood and kind of, you know, <coughs> toss things down and and a lot of it she's for so she's learning you know a lot of it's just learning and not necessarily her being aggressive but it's starting to make me think how is she gonna be as the years go on you know are we gonna have to go the medication route you know medicate you know like are we gonna be facing someday having to put her in like a temporary residential for for 24 hour you know care for aggression or something you know and I had to be like if we ever had to do that and god I hope we don't I don't ever want to. I want to know that you guys are just going to be like, okay, and not try to push back and be like, well, no, we don't want that for her. No, you know, pushback doesn't help. Mm. You know, ask questions if you want. You know, nicely say, well, have you guys tried this? Have you tried this? But don't flat out be like, no, that's not a good, I don't want to right. see, you know what I mean? The, the negativity doesn't help. Support helps. Ask how you can help. Ask, you know, like, See if I want company. Ask if you can come over and have lunch with us. Ask if I, you, you know what I mean? They're just, I I feel like there's better, you know, there's ways to help, you know, the people around you with special needs. Like, 
offer to go out with them to like the store or you know don't be so quick to judge that you know even if and if it's a, you know when you're out day to day and you see you know a mother out with their child and the child's melting down or don't be so quick to assume that the kids are spoiled brett they could be having sensory overload you know when the mother's doing the best they can smile and and be nice don't be a dick you know, like, I worry about that with Ava as she gets older. You know, right now people think she's a cute little four-year-old. So, mm. you know, you know, sometimes, she, you know, I worry about people making comments about her being on the phone or, you know, when she has, luckily she doesn't really have any meltdowns or anything in public. But, you know what I mean? I worry about the judgment or, you know, whatever. You know, people see her, you know, out and about doing her little happy flappy dance or, Sometimes she, you know, things that don't, I don't know how to describe it. Like when she gets excited and kind of gets in your face and she shakes. Yes, I love that. It's cute. Like the excited, like, like it could be kind of off. It's not scary looking, but it, it's kind of odd. You know what I mean? So I just, you know what I mean? How she is, like I worry about, you know, outsiders like strangers and how they're going to, you know, react to her. And it's just like, be nice. Don't a dick you know if you think negative things keep it in your head you know don't approach someone with a grown child in their shopping cart that should be the shopping cart and say something because you don't know why that kid there is in there yeah it's not safe and i would never put my kid in but if you had to for the kid's safety because they're autistic and they're gonna bolt or because they feel safer being in there let it be it's not your business let that that poor mother is doing the best she can or that grandmother or whoever's taking care of that child is you know their guardian is doing the best they can as a special needs parent and support you see a mother with a child melting down offer to help don't just assume that, that kid's a pain in the ass and the mother's spoiling them and the kid just needs a smack in the head mm. that's no you go over and you you either just mind your business or you smile and you offer kind words you offer help we need to be nicer you know special needs we're we have a lot to worry about, like financial and, you know, making sure our kids get the education and the funding's not going to be. There's just so much that we worry about and we have on our minds. And it, you know, I try to be open and honest and I try to reach out for the support when I need it. But there are times when I just get frustrated with stuff and I feel like I don't have anyone to talk to that gets it. You know, other than Chris, you know, but how many times when I chew his ear off about the same thing in four different ways. It just, hmm. you know what I mean? Sometimes it can feel almost like you're alone in it. You know, when there's really no one else to talk to or to understand. Or, you know, it, it's hard. It's not easy, you know. And, and you know what I mean? Like, I feel almost naive in the fact that, you know, when we first got diagnosed up until now, I was like, oh, this isn't so bad. She's cool. You know, she just can't talk yet. Whatever. We'll get there. And as she gets older, it's starting to become more and more complex. And I'm seeing more and more. And I'm like, well, maybe this wasn't going to be the piece of cake I thought it was. You know, and I feel stupid for it. But it's all in, you know, perspective, I guess. And just learning as we go. And, and the unknowns of what things will be like day to day, month to month, year to year with her. <clears throat> that unknown is scary. And it's, you know what I mean? It's hard not to. Hold on. Cottonthroat. I'm not to worry. And I said to my dad, I want to be prepared. You know, if something, you know, happens that we have to face, I want to be ready. 
I don't want to have not even thought about it and been like, oh, now we have to deal with X, Y, Z. Uh-oh. Right. You know, I want to know that, all right, we've talked about this. We've talked about if we needed to do medication for anything or if we want to look into, like, ADD or ADHD, you know, diagnoses with her down the road, which we've thought about. You know, I, I, I'm an overthinker and a planner, and I don't want to drop the ball anywhere with her if I can avoid it. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to give her the best life possible, and I want to be ready for whatever this is going to throw at us. You know, which is why we're as proactive as we are. You know, we make sure everyone on our team is on the same place. You know, school and ABA are as, you know, on the same page as we could possibly get it. You know, and it's just hard. But she's the best. But she's the best. And just her little face, I can't. You know, and and disciplining's hard because typical discipline doesn't work with her. Like I do timeouts, and she'll just sit and cry. But I don't know if she fully gets why she's over. You know, and I'll sit and talk to her, and she knows after timeouts, her and mommy have a talk. So she'll be like, "All right, mommy, sit down, let's talk." So cute. <laughs> yes, we're gonna talk because you're in trouble, child. <clears throat> and it's hard, and it's it's frustrating to think. You know, I thought we were getting somewhere with certain things, only to to backtrack a little bit and. You know, but it helps to have, you know, all these people to bounce things off to. We can ask your teacher. We can ask, you know, the ABA people. We can ask the doctors. And it just helps to have that circle, like that village. You know, like they say, like, I hate that. We should take the village to raise a child. I hate that. No, but even when, when they were putting our ABA together, they asked, you know, to sit down and talk about your existing support system. And they, they were amazed at how close... Our family and friends were to the upbringing of our kid. They said a lot of people don't have that. You know, we've got lots of local friends we can go to for help. And we've got my mother and brother and sister and brother-in-law and Sarah's father and sister. And then extended family that just are, like like we've said, we've had to, you know, train them and tell them things. Because not a lot of them have had any experience with this stuff. But it's at least good that they're around and so involved. Yeah. Um, and Sarah's found a lot of other parents through parent groups, too. I have some friends with, you know, children that are autistic that are around Ava's age, too. And so it's nice to, you know, see, you know, other kids, you know, that we're all going through the same stuff. Yeah. And we hope that, you know, whoever's listening to this, if you... This is helpful. If you're going through this, too, um, that you have an ally of someone you can talk to and, you know... We're hoping that whoever listens to this, you know, if, if you're just here for the the entertainment and the movie jokes and stuff like that, you know, um, I'm not going to say sorry because we wanted to talk about this, but hopefully you learn something and get something out of this too and you're not going to take this as a chance to take down some people for trying to talk some seriousness with you for a bit. But this is our experience and we, we thought it this was important to share it. You know, and then, you know, there's the worry about how things affect, you know, the other kids, you know. As it stands now, Jake's neurotypical, so, you know, how our thing is going to affect him is, you know, we have to pull out of things that she doesn't want to do, or, you know, she gets uncomfortable with something, well, all right, Jake and I, like, we went to the aquarium, and we took Ava one time, and she loved the CLC Lion show, and we went back a year or two later, and she was scared to go see the show again, even though she had seen it and loved it. 
she didn't remember it and she gets anxiety like waiting is anxious for her so like if you saw her waiting in the line for something and she's like whining you think oh what a whiny pain in the ass kid it's because she's anxious Right. There's anxiety there. She doesn't know what She even gets anxiety sometimes with guessing. Like, if you say, guess where we're going to go tomorrow. I don't want to. You tell me. I don't want to guess. And you're like, oh, okay. And I can see when it's, like, it's becoming more apparent. Like, even if we just say, Ava, we need to, you know, I need to wait till we can park somewhere so I can fix your tablet toy for you. She'll be like, uh, uh, and I can tell by how, what she's, the noises she's making or what she's doing. That she's genuinely not just pissed off at me. Like, come on, I want to play with my toy. I'm being a brat. I want to play and I'm anxious. I can tell. Like, if she starts crying in the car to watch videos. Like, one time we were out doing errands and we told her, you know, we're going to do some errands. we got some stuff to do. And then we're going to go to a fun place. Like, one of the indoor play places she likes. And she got really anxious about waiting to go and was sobbing in the back seat to watch videos. And I'm like, Chris, she wants, she needs it. Just give it to her. Because normally she doesn't ask in the car. And we can tell her no. And she, or she does and we tell her no. She's cool with it. So I knew Something she was, was just different. having a lot of trouble waiting patiently. Because it, there's, there's anxiety. Or if we try, hey, well, we're going to go do this. Like, she was anxious with Christmas. Because it was... When explaining, even though it's the same thing we've done since she was a baby, when I was like, oh, Ava, we're going to, you know, Santa's going to come and we're going to open. No, 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 Santa. I don't want Santa. And I'm like, well, shit. (laughs) But she loved it. Now she keeps asking me. He's going to come and bring presents, right? He's going to come back down the chimney and bring presents and we can open them. I like Santa. I want to give him a hug. Yes. I want to give him a hug. You know what I mean? And that's the thing is I'm going to get that same slew of questions all year. You know, she may switch it to the Easter Bunny for a little while, but it's going right back to Santa. You know, and that's that's the thing that... You stop doing that? Um, that's the thing is a lot of people don't see is patterns with her and how I know she's going to be. And they like routine. And I know, like, when she had, you know, she had summer school. So she was in school for basically all of July. She started that first week of July till and the... Um... Her last week was the first week of August. So, like, five weeks or six weeks of summer school. And that last week of summer school was her last week with her over three ABA providers, the first one. So, for the rest of summer vacation, she didn't have school and she didn't have ABA. So, it was just, she had nothing. And I could only give so much structure here. And she was just, as it got closer to school starting, she got worse and worse. Like, and yeah. it to someone outside wouldn't have seen it and not, it would have been like, oh, she wasn't so bad. But I could tell she wouldn't, like, she could sit and play with the same toy for 20 minutes. You know, the same thing for a very long period of time. She would, I was lucky if she would sit and play with a handful of figures for five minutes. She was, like, climbing over things and just, I could tell by her behavior, like, the literal, like, when you say you're bored, you're climbing a wall. She literally climbs walls. Almost. You know what I mean? She's literally just, like, all over the place. Yeah. You know, like running into the kitchen, running. I can tell that she's, it's like when you have an unexpected day off from work and you just yeah. don't want to do it yourself because it wasn't like a day off you planned, but all of a sudden here you are and that like weird, what do I do with myself? Like, what do I do? I can do anything. You know what I mean? It, that's what it is for her, but it's like 
magnified. It's amplified. It's a lot worse. It's like an unsettling feeling because she has nothing to, like, grab onto that's steady for her. You know, she doesn't have the, okay, today is, you know, a school day. Tomorrow is, you know, mommy play day. I don't have school, so it's playing with mommy all day. And then ABA, you know, later in the day. And then, you know, she has her schedule, so it gets, like, like, if she didn't have ABA tomorrow, it wouldn't really throw her off, other than her being like, well, where's, where's, where's the ABA person? Where's, you know, where is he? Is he coming? And I'm like, Ava, no, he's not. You know, he got sick or whatever. And I'd have to say it a couple times, and eventually she'd get it and move on. Mm. <clears throat> but there's the routines and there's the the structure and the if you know taking something away that she knows she's not she may not fully grasp it or you know it's it's hard to explain and to get someone on the upside to see and to understand what I do what we see you know the like tradition like think of how you are with traditions that you like and, and taking that tradition away for some reason throws you off that's kind of what it's like for an autistic kid when their routine's thrown off or what they know is thrown off and finally once we got her back in school and then you know we got some sort of you know every other week with the bcba till we finally got a new provider she slowly calmed down and was back to herself once she had her structure and I felt awful, but there was only so much I could do here, being that I'm one person, and I also have her little brother that I can't, I can't sit and make like a structured school day as right. much as I tried. I mean, we tried to keep. <clears throat> I mean, even something <clears throat> so simple as Chris shaving. I mean, you guys see the pictures of him. He doesn't shave as you know religiously as he should, or most men. So like he gets pretty hairy and then cuts it all off. The last time he. One of the last times he shaved, it freaked her it out. It freaked her out. She even Daddy, like, don't worry, it'll grow back. Like so, anything like in as a baby, I remember how upset she would get when I put my glasses on. She'd cry. Ah, uh, yeah. And like, but Chris would put my glasses on and she'd laugh. But my glasses freak out. And like Jake never does. Jake likes when I put my glasses. He laughs his ass off. She would cry. Like if we were sitting in the living room and I'd had him on because I need him to watch TV because I'm old as fuck. If she turned around, I'd have to rip him off because she'd start crying. And eventually she got used to it. Now she doesn't care. But, like, <coughs> if I joke around with her, like, we'll be... Because she likes... She thinks, like, when things are wrong, it's funny. So I'll be like, Ava... Like, if I'm, like, folding a laundry and I pull, like, her underwear on my I'm like, Ava, is this where your underwear goes? No! And she just starts laughing. Like, she loves doing things. Nah. Or, like, if you're, like, playing a game with her, like... Like, she has, like, animal figures, so she'll, like, she likes if you tell her the wrong name. Like, oh, this is a zebra, and it's really a giraffe. She laughs her ass off. So, like, we'll be in the car, and I'm like, okay, Ava, mommy's gonna take Jake in the house, and Ava can stay in the, the car and watch the DVD player. And she knows I'm joking. She, no, I don't like that, even though she knows I'm kidding. It, she's very, you know, she'll tell me if she doesn't. Like, I told her the other day, I'm like, Ava, mommy's gonna paint her car purple. No, I don't like that. Stay, I want it silver. <laughs> I want it, the, the, my car, my SUV is silver. She, it, it, it's what she knows and what she likes. She knows it. Like one of the teachers at school, the music Ugh. teacher, she has once a week, cut his hair and got new glasses and she oh, wasn't she lost having it. any of it. <laughs> Her teacher dared wear a shirt she'd worn before and Ava was not having it. It was like, you wore that shirt before. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. Her poor teacher has to clear her wardrobe choices with my child. <laughs> so funny. Oh, my God. Oh, my God.
I love her. I don't want to say her name on here, but I love her. Oh, yes. So it's it's she's a lot of fun, and and I love her, and I wouldn't change her for the world. You know, I would just want to do what I could to make it so that she didn't have struggles. And I hope she knows that we love her and we're doing the best we can. And I just hope that our friends and family know that we're trying our best to be open and communicative with them about everything. And we're learning and we're learning so fast. It's hard to like keep everybody keep on that, the same track. Keep that information moving along the track. You know, just and all I can say, you know, from our end to anyone who's on the other side of the glass from us. Support those people in your life that have children with additional needs, special needs, autistic, whatever. Support them, you know, back them up. Don't think you know more because this is how you did it when you were, you know, all they need to do is smack the attitude out of their autistic kid. That's not how it works. Spanking my child isn't going to take the autism out of her. It's right. not going to change, you know, they act the way they do because they're trying to communicate. You know, nonverbal kids have a lot of aggression because they're frustrated because they can't get the... They don't have words. They don't know how to communicate. Right. They can understand exactly what you're saying. They get mad when they have a stomach because they can't just say, I hurt right here or my tummy hurts or something, you know. She can at least say, ow, I hurt my foot. Sometimes she may be being a drama queen about just... Oh, no. Stepping on a piece of paper. <laughs> it's all a mess. She told me she bumped her hand. I need a bandage. I'm ble- Ava. You don't even have I'm a red. I'm bleeding. Mark. I'm blood. <laughs> I'm bleeded. I'm bleeded. Oh my god, she's so funny. She is. It's just. It's. It's not easy. It's. It's not the path that we chose or we thought we'd ever go down as parents. But here we are. You know. Exactly. It's, and she's amazing. It's. You know, I didn't order cucumbers on my salad, yet here we are. (laughs) (laughs) One of the best cards against community-wide cards ever. Yes. But it's just, like I said, here we are. This is what we were given, and we're going to make lemonade with it. We're going to make lemonade with those cucumbers. Yep. Or a few lemons in bail. Yes. You know, but it's just, it is what it is. It's, you know, support is what parents like us need. Love, support, understanding, you know. It's okay if you don't understand. It's okay if you disagree with us. But you need to keep that. Ask questions if you don't understand. But if you disagree, we probably don't want to hear that. Right, ask questions, don't judge. Yeah, Um, don't judge. Don't don't think you know better because it's, you know, you did this when you, you know what I mean? This is how you handled this situation with your own kids. Well, that's great, but that's not how that's going to work with this. You know, we had people making comments about stuff, and I almost said, well, yeah, well, your kid wasn't autistic. Big yeah. difference. You know, like, you weren't dealing with autism. You know what I mean? There's a big difference, you know. And and even just, you know, the way families grow up. Like, there's some big differences between how I grew up and how Chris grew up. Yeah. That also come into play with everything, you know. It's just, it's a lot to juggle as a parent, you know, wanting to... You know, add, you want to protect my child, and I want to, you know, not let anything hurt her, but I want to push her out into the world and let so her she experience things, stuff. But almost like on my terms, because 
I know the best way to do it. I know to get her to enjoy things, you do it small. Right. You know, it, you know, she doesn't like singing happy birthday, so we have to remember. Of course, then we don't do it, and then she says, when is everyone going to sing happy birthday? So she, it's, it's amazing how surprising she is. Like, can I be. can tell there are times when she tries to put herself out of her comfort zone, and I appreciate that about her for being a cute little four year old self. But, I'm going to ask. <laughs> but it's just, you know, love, support, and patience. Like, you know, listen to what these parents tell you. Don't, you know sit there and, and think you know or be like, oh, I heard this on the internet. I heard this. I heard that. We don't care. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, to put it bluntly, we don't care. We don't care what you read, what you think you know, if you haven't lived it. If you haven't been in my shoes, waking up in the morning wondering, is she going to be the same she was yesterday? Is she going to have a whole, you know, how is she going to be, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, we want, you know, this is going to happen. You know, we're going to do this trip or, or we want to do this later on. But how is she going to handle it? Like, that's the stuff I have to think of. Even if it's something we're talking about that's going to happen months or years from now, my thoughts still have to be, well, where are we going to be with Ava? Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that's something a lot of people don't fully understand. Or they think, well, yeah, things are going to change between now and then. Yeah. And they could change for the, for the worst, worst. Yeah. For her. You know, to put it blunt. And that's where I think people don't seem to to grasp that. You know what I mean? And maybe, like I said, it's on us for not fully saying, hey, yeah, we don't know. She could be a giant pain in the ass. You yeah. know, by next year. Who the hell knows? You know, it's just patience. Like I said, patience, understanding, support, listening, not judging, and just hearing us out. Knowing that this is... My child, I'm living this. This is, you know, what I'm dealing with. I I know what I'm talking. I'm the expert here on this. We're the expert, you know. Empirically. You know, look to us, not look against us or look past us. You know, if I say no, she's not going to handle that. Don't try to dish out some other reason why you think she could. Just say, okay. And let it go. Yeah. I'm also the kind of person that in any situation, I have to come to terms with things on my own. Like when I bought the car that Chris inevitably damaged, you know, totaled last year. And when it was my car, I wanted that particular Dodge Avenger. I wanted it brand new. I wanted this color. I wanted this, this, and this. And I got it like a year used in a completely different color. And I had it. to come to my own realizations. What? But you loved it. And then you totaled it because you're a dickhead. Thanks. Well, you know, hey, was it me that time? That's all I can say. Um, I had to come on to my own that it was better for me to not buy a brand new car and to buy a used one. And I actually like the blue I got better than the black that I originally wanted. So it's just I have to come to things on my own. So if you are trying to tell me something that maybe... I need to hear. You got to ease her into it. I have to, you know, if, you know, I say, no, that's not going to work. I may think of it on my own later, but like, you know what? Maybe we will try that with her. Maybe that will work. It's just, there's unknowns for us, and we don't always know it's going to work, but 
I take a guess based on the what we've dealt with in the past. Right. Like, I know Storyland was bordering on a little too much for her, so would I take on Disney? Probably when she's a little older, when it's just the four of us. Okay. What? I'm just saying, okay. No, oh, you're being pissy. You're cutting me off. Mr. Chatty Cathy over That's there. That's what I have to do as a host. This is a two-hour podcast. It's longer than I've ever done. <laughs> hey! Do I get an award like <laughs> balloons and shit? No. I just... <laughs> I want all the big... Woo! Woo! Balloons! No, no. no. That's fine. Whatever. But that's it. It's really good, though. It's just... Like, love us. Support us. Like the memes say, you know, parents, we're not okay. Check on us. Make me... No. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Just be there. Listen. You know, I've said it a million times again. But that's it. You know, that's life for us. You know, this is... Speak of the devil. Back to sleep, you. But there we are. You know, that's life as a special needs parent. It's it's flying by the seat of your pants. It's learning as you go, sharing what you know, you know, dealing with all the emotions of am I doing it right? You know, does she know I love her? Am I fucking her up? What am I doing? You know, do people understand? Can I talk to them? Are they going to hate me? You know, if I try to express something, I got to make sure I express. It's, it's like I never get to slow down and I never get to stop. Like, I just, I don't know. Ah! You're an amazing mom. I try. You know, I just, but nothing is better than when she gives me the big hug. She says, I love you, mommy. Or when I come home from work, Daddy, I missed you. You turned off your desk and came to see me. One day we called, she likes to, she she had me call. (laughs) Daddy, will you come home now? And I was like, yes! Finally, I got one of them do it! Or she she hurt herself, her hand, as she, like, pinched it. She had a bruise. She's like, will you call Daddy? He'll make me feel better. I have to call Daddy. She's so sweet. But, anywho, that's, uh, yeah. that's where we are right now. That's our lives. And, you know, for people that uh, listen to this regularly, um, thank you for sticking with us on this. They can't, they can't all be jokes. Um, and, we tried to throw some funny in there. Yes, but we want to make sure that, you know... You guys learned something from this and kind of learned more about us. Um, I really, really appreciate Sarah because I know that kind of verbalizing this stuff is hard for you. So I, I really appreciate you um, coming on here and getting all that out there. And, you know, you guys reach out to us and, you know, tell us uh, tell us your own stories and, and, and how you guys cope. Friends, you know, reach out to Chris. Chris can get you in touch with me if you want to. I'm always here to listen and to offer support and love, and I don't judge. That's not how I roll. Um, yeah. So, we're here, and we love you all, and we want to help. You know, this autism thing may seem scary, but I tell you, it's really not. It's not, it's not a scary label. It's just who she is. Exactly. And that's that, you know. Another, you know, going along with what I said about respect and love and, you know, support. Be present enough in those family members' lives to learn how to care for that child. So you can step in and say, hey, I'll take your kid for the night so you can go get dinner. And and, Because marriages with special needs kids can fail a lot of the times (coughs) because parents don't get a break. Or, you know, a lot of cases, you know, one parent is in denial. And that's that's a hard thing. Splits them up. You know. 
we see you there. You know, those of you dealing with that, we see you. We're there. You know, I see that too. You know, luckily, Chris and I have always been on the same page with all this. I don't have to hit him over the head to get him to understand, you know. He's there. He's at the appointments. He's, you know, as there as he can be. You know, so I'm lucky there, but that's another thing. If you're listening to this and maybe you're in denial, talk to us. You know, being in denial is only going to hurt your child. You know, early intervention is the key. If you can't, you know, if one doctor says, well, I won't, you know, give them a diagnosis, they're only two or three, that's bullshit. Find another one. You right, exactly. It. You know, second opinions, third opinions, travel a little bit, you know. You know, you're going to have to bend maybe for therapy schedules, but your child needs to come first. And that's the bottom line. So I'll shut up now because I'm being a Chris right now. Well, yes. Thank you very much for listening to the Lord of the Rings, the extended edition version of one of my podcasts. <laughs> um, and also the podcast that ended more times than Return of the, the King. This is the podcast that doesn't end. Do, 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 do. It goes on and on, my friend. Do, 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 Some do. people started listening, not knowing what it was. And they'll continue listening forever just because... We hope is, they'll donate the to my Patreon. Do, 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 do. Donate to Patreon. Oh. Come on, my friend. Chris is really, really broke. Okay. <laughs> it's really late. Um, so anyway, thank you, Sarah, for shooting the shit with Chippa. And thank you all for listening. And we'll Who's be Chippa? And Chris. Oh, throwing the crap with Chris. Tossing okay. the crap with Chris. Yes. Anyway, um, bye, everyone. Thank you so much. Yes.